Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, it's another one of those leaves in the breeze that we see relative to pensions. We talk about pension plans every so often on the program. We had one. Uh, like uh, a corporation that that caught crosswise. Oh, it was the truck drivers. I think just a week ago, one of the pension plans. They've they've they're going to see their pensions cut by forty percent, sixty percent. I don't recall, but in that vicinity, all right, somewhere between forty and sixty percent. That for for at least the truck drivers, they've got a problem. Detroit can't make good on its pension plans. Chicago can't really make good. We'll watch and see if the taxpayers are dumb enough to go along with this. I don't think they will be, but we'll watch and see. But they're facing this. You know what it all points to? We are living in a world where if you want to prepare for your retirement, you better start thinking about doing it on your own. Because I don't think you can trust any of these pension plans. Certainly not. I mean, Social Security, government's looted the Social Security accounts. And the pension plans are having problems that probably, and are going to be only exaggerated and increased by the fact that the prime interest rate's a quarter of a percent. How can these pension plans make any money on their investment when the pension plan, or at least if they have bonds, when the interest rate's only a quarter of a percent? Pension plans are a problem. They're going to be more of a problem. We're going to see more trouble coming from this in the future, and we'll talk about it as it happens. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you'll tune in at that time. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. All night I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a friend. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
October 29th, 2015. It's about seven minutes after noon Pacific time, if that all works out for you. We're live, and that means you can participate in the show. You can call in 800-932-1980. 800-932-1980. You can also go to our chat room, which is located at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. You can just click on it, and you'll be in there. Well, you'll have to pick a name and pick a password. If you want to contact me directly, the best way is Yahoo Instant Messenger. Well, the quickest way anyway. And you uh, need my screen name, which is AVRN Talk. And then you'll be directly on my IM uh, there, and I'll see you. And the reason it's the fastest is because I keep that open on a screen, and uh, it blinks when somebody messages me. So I see this blinking, and uh, hey, that means I have a... You know, it's like Pavlov's dogs, I guess. When it blinks, I know I have a message. Email, on the other hand, you know, I have to go check that. And I check it about twice a day. Uh, But that doesn't mean I necessarily read all the messages twice a day. I look and see what's there, and I determine, well, do I need to read these now or later? 
Mostly, though, I read them when I when I do that because I found out it's best not to let emails pile up. Anyhow, let's see here. What's in the news? Well, I guess the big news uh, around the country and such is, uh, you know, the campaign, uh, the debate they had. You know, and not and the thing is, the news is not that. Oh, well, gee, so-and-so came up with such a wonderful plan. He's going to save America, and uh, here's why. And he's, boy, he laid it all out, and this is just great. No, it had nothing to do with policy or ideas or solutions for the country because, hey, we don't have any problems in this country. Apparently, our biggest problem in America, I guess, is that, gee, uh, you know, Wow, the Republicans are just figuring out that the media is biased. Ooh, wow, these guys must be geniuses, duh. Well, come on, man. You know, why would the Republican National Committee give this debate to CNBC? Why would they agree to hold it in Boulder, Colorado? I mean, come on, this is just... You know, can you talk me? Hey, yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, you're nice, Lily White. Well, hey. Oh, you want to buy something? Okay, meet me down in the alley in South Chicago. Oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, sure. Use your head, man. You know, if you're a Republican, you got no business anywhere near Boulder, Colorado. You got no business on CNBC either. But that's what happened, and they're not happy, and now it's a big thing. And, oh, you know, the, the, the narrative is the bad media. The bad media. Mainstream media, that is. And, look, I'm not arguing that because they are bad. But, gosh, they've been bad for 20, 30. They've been bad my whole life. Bad as in biased overtly biased they use their influence to push their own agendas see that's bad when you're supposed to be the media and the worst thing isn't that the worst thing is they cover up criminal activity see that's really the bad thing Because that is what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be watching the government and letting the people know. Really, I mean, the the media, you know, we talk about, well, you know, this is the fourth branch of government. That's the fourth branch of government. This is, well, for one thing, we don't have a fourth branch of government, okay? But the media was given certain protections for for the reason... To watch the government. Not to report on some transvestite. It was to watch the government. To let the people know. Because look, this is the whole theory behind why we even have a government. Alright? Because the people are too busy out here trying to stay alive. Trying to make a living. Trying to have a you know some kind of life. People ain't got time. To run the government. They ain't got time to be in, you know, run the courts. They ain't got time to watch the government make sure they're doing okay. And I know people should be more concerned. People should take more care. They should 
They should listen more. They should be more active. I get that. But the bottom line, the reality of it is, people have never had enough time to really hold the government down on their own. That's why they created the government, because, hey, if I had time to do this myself, I'd do it myself, but I don't have time, so I'm hiring you. These are the rules. Here's the guidelines. Now, go do the job. Have they done the job? No. Obviously, the government has run amok. They think they are the sovereign. They think they are the master. They think they are the boss. But what about the media? The media was given these protections because, hey, you're going to be watching the government and telling the people about it. Because, you see, we don't have time for that either. So we rely on the media to spend their time, oh, I don't know, like getting FOIA requests, getting documents the government's trying to hide, doing investigations, finding out what's really going on, and then on the evening news, getting on there and saying, okay, Joe Sixpack, you're home from slaving away at a job that doesn't pay you enough to live. Here's what's going on with your employees. But they don't do that. Instead, they've decided to say, oh, Hillary Clinton is so wonderful. And oh, look, look. The guy in the Wheaties box is now a girl. Oh, look, look. Yeah, that's that's our media. These are supposed to be professional journalists. Professional investigative reporters. You know what they are? They're talking head actors. That's what they are. They read a script. They push a narrative. They push an agenda. And it ain't in your benefit, folks, because you know why? They're in league with factions of the government. You don't think so? Well, how about this? Now, this is this is one of those things that I gripe about all the time. And, and you know, a lot of times, you know, I don't, I just rail on them in general. Because everybody can see, all right? That these are one of these self-evident things. You ever think about what that means? Self-evident? That's in the Declaration of Independence, that phrase, self-evident. You know what that means? It means nobody needs to present any evidence. Nobody needs to present anything. You can look at it and see what it is. Nobody needs to tell you. No, You don't need any more evidence. On its face, you can see exactly what, what it is. It's self-evident. Well... This is something that's self-evident. The public school system is a fail, all right? One big, fat fail. In it, and it's so far gone, it's like the government. It cannot be fixed. It's too far gone, man. It's never going to be fixed. It has an institutional, foundational, serious problem. And that serious problem is all the teachers. Now, they like to blame the administrators and the this and the that, blah, 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 blah. It's the teachers. 
Yeah, that's right. Ooh, the Holy Grail. You're going after the... Oh, no, no, no. We always have to love our teachers because they take care of our children. You see, that's just a big lie that parents like to tell themselves. They like to say, oh, the teachers are so wonderful. Yeah, sure, because if you said anything else, you have to admit you're a lousy, irresponsible, lazy parent that sends your kids off to be babysitted by some freak that you don't even know. That's what you would have to admit if you didn't sit there pushing a line of crap that the teachers are so good. They're not good. They're socialists. They've been brainwashed through a socialist education system their whole lives, even more than your children. They went through 12 years of high school and grammar school. Then they went to college for four more years. Then they went to teach. They took teaching. I think it's two more years to get your teaching credentials. They've been in school 18 years, for crying out loud. And then they're 25, 26 years old, and then they're going to go teach your children. What are they going to teach your children? They're going to teach your children the socialist ways they learned in college. That's what's going on. And then, have you ever noticed? I don't care what a conservative place you live in. Do any of you live in a conservative area where most people vote conservative they're real redneck conservative types they don't like democrats they hate hillary clinton and obama and they don't like any of this and they you know well go pay a visit to your school and see the difference okay just see the difference no hey man you're a parent you should be able to get permission to go into the teacher's lounge and hang out have a little talk with the teachers while they're on their off time, lounging. And what you're going to find is, I don't care how conservative an area you live in, you're going to find socialistic teachers to the tune, and hey, I'm, I might be under-reporting this, to 80% are all serious, dangerous liberals. Yeah, absolutely. There's something wrong with that, folks. Because, you see, if you live in a conservative area, you're probably conservative, and you're teaching your kids conservative values, but then you're sending them off to the school for six to eight hours every single day where they're getting brainwashed with socialistic ideals. What do you think is going to happen? That's right. The public school system is teaching your children opposite values that you have. And they spend so much time brainwashing your children to be little communists that they don't teach them anything. Your children are not learning anymore. Now, I can say that and you can say, well, prove it. Prove it. Show me the evidence. Go look it up yourself. But I'll help you get started. Detroit Public Schools. And if you think that this is just Detroit, <laughs> you got another thing coming. This is every inner city school system in the country. And while the rural schools probably are a little higher well, lower than this. 
It isn't good. Detroit Public Schools, 93, 93% not proficient in reading. Not proficient means you really can't read. You might recognize a few words here and there, but you really can't read. And you have very little understanding of what you're reading. In other words, you understand about 7% of what you read. And you get 93% of it either wrong or you don't understand it at all. How can you function? How can you make decent decisions? You can't. We wonder why, well, what's with the 15-second sound bite? Why is everything on TV 15 seconds, and it's over? Because that's just about as much as the American people who have been schooled in public schools. That's about all they can, that's about all they can handle. It'll take them the rest of the day to process 15 seconds worth of information and try to understand it. Yeah, I mean, okay. Am I, you know, this doesn't make people stupid. It means they never got taught to read properly. I mean, honestly, folks, when, oh, look, okay, listen. If if it was like, okay, listen, uh, 10% are not proficient in reading, I could say, well, hey, you know, maybe there's 10% of the kids are stupid. They just don't have the mental capacity to learn to read. Or they need special ed. They need special care, more time, you know. But when it's 93%, you've got to start blaming the teachers. And yeah, you can say, oh, it's not the poor teacher. They're just doing it. They're the ones that are in the classroom supposed to be teaching your children to read. They're not doing it. It's their fault. Okay? You're supposed to teach Johnny to read. You're not doing it. It's your fault. It's that simple. But that's not the worst of it. I mean, it is probably the worst because reading is more important than math. In my view. Now, some people could argue with me about that. And I can see their point, you know, but it's I, I still believe reading. If I had the choice, being 54 years old and seeing how the world works and how it all goes and the skills needed to get by, if somebody said, okay, I got me this magic wand here and uh, I'm going to take away one thing from you and uh, you have a choice. I can either take away your ability to do math or take away your ability to read. There, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer to me. Take away my ability for math. Given the choice, that would be my choice. Because, you know, being able to do math and not being able to read is going to be very difficult for you. Not being able to do math, not being able to do math and being able to read... You're going to run into difficulties here and there, but for the most part, you're going to be able to get by. But math is still nevertheless 
you know, something we need to know, at least at a rudimentary level. And at that rudimentary level, we should be good at it. Okay? I mean, really, people should really be good at addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, even percentages. We should be good at that. Those are the basics. But guess what? In Detroit, 96% of the Chidlins are not proficient in math, and that means you can't do math. Yeah. And, you know, you want to sit here and say, well, Common Core bad, Common Core bad, this is bad, that's bad. Hey, oh, those darn Democrats, them rotten Democrats, them, uh, yeah, guess what? Here's a sweet family photograph. Yeah, flanked by Senator Ted Kennedy, thank God he's dead. And Representative, guess who? John Boner. President George Bush signs the No Child Left Behind Act in January 2002. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, who's to blame here? Looks like Republicans to me. Oh, and hey. Jeb Bush? Oh, he's in full support. A big promoter of Common Core. Common Core is nothing but Goals 2000, which is nothing but out-based, outcome-based education, OBE. You hear any of these things, that means, hey, we're dumbing down your kids. We're, we're, we're going to start focusing more on social engineering than education. That's what that means. Okay, so what is this? This is according to the results of the 2015 National Assessment of Education uh, Progress Test published by the Department of Education. Only 4% of Detroit public school 8th graders are proficient or better in math, and only 7% in reading. This is despite the fact that in 2012 school year, the latest for which the Department of Education has reported the finan- uh, financial data, the public schools in Detroit had total expenditures of $18,361 per student and current expenditures of $13,330 per student. That's every year, man. You know, I got to tell you, with a 93 and 96% fail rate, you could just, you know, every year, sit these kids down in front of a television and give them 10,000 bucks a year. I'm serious, man. Just pop them down in front of a TV, give them $10,000 a year, and tell them, uh, you know, hey, when you graduate high school, <laughs> which you're not going to, once you finish your 12 years in front of the television set, hey, we'll give you $120,000. 
hey, that's a net savings of $3,000 uh, a year per student. This could add up. Plus, hey, <laughs> you're not going to have to pay all those teachers. They can go home and watch TV, too. You would be better off, folks. How much worse could you be? I mean, really, 7% of the kids are going to learn how to read on their own. Just watching TV, you can't do any worse than this. It's it's pathetic. I mean, it really is pathetic. And you're paying for this. I'm paying for this. And we're paying a lot. Here in Oregon, I've mentioned this several times. 80% of every dime spent in the state goes to education. That's obscene. I mean, that's obscene. And criminal. Let's not forget that. But hey, it's all for the children. Just like, uh, you know, Big Pharma. It's all for the children there, too, because they've been caught manipulating antidepressant drug trials. And who does it put in danger? Teenagers. The children. But hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do to make a buck, right? Apparently, that's the uh, Big Pharma way. Well... The FDA requires each new drug to undergo rigorous testing. Ha! <laughs> and stand up to... Oh, God. I'll have to get back to this after the break because this is just too full of lies to just breeze by. We'll be back in just a bit.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. I've been so worried all over you. 
Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. It's still Thursday, October 29th, 2015. It's about 1239 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. You can also participate in the show by going to the chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link, and you can uh, click that. Easy to follow instructions, and you will be in the chat room with the other guys. You can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is AVRN Talk. Well, oh, okay. Uh, the first song there was actually Fats Domino, and the second one there was uh, Mayall and uh, whatever he was calling his his band there. Uh, he's got a lot of good stuff, I'll tell you. Anyway, I really liked that that last song. Just the sound of it is cool. All right, look, I'm going to get to the biotech thing in a second here. I had almost forgotten about this. I got this email, and I went and, uh, you know, checked the link. And it has to do with, actually, one of AVR's hosts, who is on a leave of absence right now. He started that a couple of weeks ago. And his name's Max Egan. Okay, those of you who listen to AVR probably are familiar with the name Max Egan, and uh, his show is Surviving the Matrix, and Max will be back. He's just, uh, Max gets around, man. He's a real activist. I mean, he goes to Peru, he goes to Palestine, he goes uh, through South America, not just Peru, the Middle East. I mean, he really, he gets up and gets out and gets going. He's, I guess, based, at least for now, in Australia. Um, and he does get around, so he, uh, can't always, he has to take some time off from his show, and he has other projects, too, like video, uh, he puts together, uh, oh, 
why not call them a movie? I mean, if they're over, you know, 45 minutes, it's a movie, I guess. You know, I consider it a movie. But, so, he's on a he's on a little leave of absence, and uh, we're playing his uh, repeats. We've got a pile of those. He's been on for a long time. Uh, yes, that's it. Blues Breakers is uh, the name of Mayhill's group, which is changing, which changes people all the time. That's the thing about it, is that you never know who... Well, I mean, you can know if you know that band a lot, but you, you know, he you never know who the lead guitar is or who, you know, who else is in the band because it's always changing. Everything changes, but Mayhill, Mayall himself. Anyway, back to Max. Got some news here because, like I said, Max has gone to Palestine. He's actually witnessed what's really going on there because, folks, sad to say. Unless you do, and even then, you know, you're still looking at something through someone else's lens, all right? Now, the mainstream media's narrative is those bad Palestinians, oh, they throw a rock at the Israelis so they need to be machine gunned down. And that's okay because, well, they threw a rock after all. And never any mention about why did they throw the rock. Why are they upset? What's going on exactly? They never mention that because you're not to know that. And then guys like Max go there. And they they put the lens on it and say, hey, here's what's going on. And Max has been critical of the Israeli treatment of the Palestinians. And he has uh, first-hand knowledge of it. The thing is... There is a lot of people, rabid, and I mean rabid, every bit as rabid as any Muslim terrorist. They are rabid defenders of that fraud in the Middle East caused called Israel. Okay? And why do I say that? Because... You know, people argue, well, the Jews are back on the land, and God... You know what? Unless God works for the United Nations, which I really, really doubt that, then he had nothing to do with the creation of modern Israel, the country. And if you want to look at Israel, the country, hey, take a little stroll down their capital, which is Tel Tel Aviv, not Jerusalem. It's Tel Aviv. Hey... You think Amsterdam's fun? Well, you're not going to get as many drugs, but you'll get twice as many homosexuals in Tel Aviv. Yes, the, the religious theocracy of Israel. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tel Aviv is a cesspool. Israel is no different than any other scumbag Western nation, okay? Tel Aviv is like a combination between San Francisco and... Oh, I don't know. New York City. And what they've done is they have basically turned the Palestinians... It's, okay, without throwing around any derogatory terms like slavery and this and that and the other thing, because they're just general terms that don't really mean anything. But if you want the closest example of what has happened in modern history to describe what is currently going on, with the Palestinians and the Israelis is 
apartheid in South Africa with machine guns, okay? Because apartheid in South Africa was just like, it, it, what it is is segregation, that's all. Segregation. What the Israelis are doing is more like what the Nazis did in Poland with the ghettos. Okay? Oh, sure, they let some of them out of the gates to go do their work for them. But then at the end of the day, you're going to have to get back inside the walls. And if anybody does anything we don't like, everybody's water gets cut, everybody's food gets cut, everybody, nobody gets to go to work, so nobody has any money. This is how the Israelis are treating the Palestinians. Now, you can say, well, it's all justified, and oh, then, okay, Hitler was justified, too. Stalin was justified, too, because, hey, man, you know, those people went against his power. He's justified in killing them all, because that's what the Israelis are doing. The Palestinians are challenging their power to keep them slaves, and Israel is killing them. And they're throwing rocks back. Oh, and by the way, if you'd like to know about these rocket attacks that everybody talks about, well, they're posting rocket attacks on Israel. Those rockets are, are like what we would consider fireworks here, okay? You'd have to, one would have to land within 10 feet of you. To hurt you. They'd probably have to hate you to kill you. I'm serious. They don't have the range. They don't have the explosives. But hey, they got a lot of them. But the jet fighters that the Israelis come and retaliate with, they got real missiles. They got sidewanders. They got 50 caliber machine guns or 20, 20 millimeter mini guns. They come back with serious business. They're brutal. You know, whether you, you know, it doesn't matter whether you think, well, the Israelis are Jews or supposed Jews, because they're not Jews, folks. Do the DNA research on it, and you'll find out they're not Jews. Other people have done the DNA research. How come that's not in the mainstream media? Oh, hey, guess what? Hey, we just figured out, wow, the Jews are not of Abraham. Ooh, how'd that happen? Well, because they're a fraud. Now, that's not to say there's not descendants of Abraham walking the earth, because I'm sure there are. But, hey, who are they? Well, God knows who they are. I mean, it ain't them. For the most part, the majority. Certainly the people in power. But anyway, so Max has been... uh, to Palestine, and he, he goes around and he does speaking engagements, talking about what he's seen with his own eyes, okay, about this. Now, here's the, uh, here is the, uh, well, a couple paragraphs on it. Activist, humanitarian, radio host, and outspoken advocate for Palestinian rights, Max Egan of the Crowhouse.com. And folks, go to, go to Max's site. And you'll see what he's about. You're not going to agree with everything he has to say. You know, his religious views and all that. I don't agree with his you know, his view on religion. I don't agree with that. But I don't have to agree with everybody to appreciate what somebody's doing. Anyway, 
His again, his website is the crowhouse.com. It's all one word, the crowhouse. Was viciously attacked after delivering a pro-Palestine speech at the 2015 Freedom Summits in Byron Bay on October 23rd. The attack came from nowhere. I had just left my favorite eating place and was attacked from behind by quite a large individual. Egan took several blows to the back of the head and four or five kicks to the torso and suffered some bruising and two cracked ribs. He is now recovering at home and on medication to deal with the pain. He says this attack has only served to reinforce his commitment. Quote, Now I have a tiny taste of what it feels like to be a Palestinian, he said. All this attack has done is serve to strengthen my resolve. It shows me the powers that believe they are running scared. Because they know the wheels are falling off the slavery system they are running. Due to this assault, from this point forth, my message will be louder and even more direct. Well, good for Max, I'll tell you. I like that attitude. See, people who basically are trying to do right, I can cut a lot of slack on their personal beliefs. You know, oh, okay, I don't agree with you on some things. Well, tough luck. That's, you know, you what, you're still doing good work. You're still doing what's right. You're, you are... And I can say that of every AVR host, folks. I don't agree with every AVR host. I don't agree with anybody 100%. But one thing I can tell you that I I really do believe is I think every host on AVR is sincere in what they tell you. Okay, they're not a talking head. They're not reading a script. They're not pushing somebody else's agenda because they got a bag full of money for it. They are sincere. They're telling you what they believe. They're telling you what they think you need to know about their perception of what is going on. They're sincere in what they're doing. And you know what? Even a communist that's sincere. Because, folks, you know what? Sincere people are willing to sit and Okay, what do you have to say if you're sincere also? Yeah, I'm sincere, and I absolutely am diametrically opposed to your position. Okay, well, all right, fine. Let's, let, why? Let's talk about why. All right, we already know you believe this, I believe that, we don't agree. Why? That's the question. That's the discussion. It's not, oh, you're a stupid jerk. You're a moron. You're an idiot. It's no. Why? Why do you believe what you believe? And then I'll tell you why I believe what I believe. Or vice versa, either way, back and forth. Sincere people can do that. Because sincere people are not afraid to tell you why. Why? This is why I believe what I believe. This has been my life experience. This is what I've learned, and this is why I believe what I believe. And I'm not afraid to tell you, and I'm also not threatened by hearing why you believe something different. 
See, insincere people are. They don't want to hear anything that doesn't go along with what they believe because they're afraid to hear it. Because, you see, they know they're insincere. And they only believe what they believe because someone told them that's what they're supposed to believe. Well, the TV told me this is what I should believe. Yeah. (laughs) Why? They can't answer why. That's why. They don't want to have that discussion. Anyway... So go to Max's website, you know, send him an email of, uh, you know, get well soon or, you know, whatever. Good job. Hey, keep up the fight or, you know, whatever you want to say, man. But uh, contact Max and, uh, you know, let him know that, you know, you're you're at least aware of what happened and you either appreciate it or, hey, maybe you want to tell him, hey, man, what are you, crazy? Don't don't, shut up. Stop talking. You know, they'll get you again. Whatever it is you want to you know, say, but contact him, all right? Because, you know, when you get beat up and you're hurt like that for standing up for something, it doesn't really matter what people say. Oh, our prayers are with you. Oh, I'm really sorry. Oh, I'm, you know, get well soon, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter what you say. It's that you say something. It's that you acknowledge, hey, Max, we're here. You're not alone. See, that's the whole thing. You're not alone. That's what it's all about. Because, you know, when you're walking down the street and somebody attacks you from behind, you are alone. And that gives you a a feeling of vulnerability. Okay? And it's it's comforting. It's encouraging. To just know you are not alone. Other people know what happened. You are not alone. So again, Max's website is thecrowhouse.com. Check it out, man. You know, see, this is one of those things. You know, a lot of folks listening to this radio, I go on and on about, come on, get up, do something. Oh, I can't do anything. I got a job. I got kids. I I can't do anything except listen to the radio. I can't do nothing. Sure you can. You can go visit his website. You can send him an email. You can do that. That's doing something. Encouraging somebody else who is out there actually on the ground doing something is doing something, folks. You know, look, it's like when the when the soldiers come in from patrol. Yeah, they're all dirty. They've been out there killing and dying and everything else. And they come into the mess tent and the cooks cook them up a meal. Hey, I can tell you, man, after eating out of cans, it's nice to come and eat, you know, a hot meal. Actually, well, hey, it's not that the military's got the best cuisine in the world, but it's better than out of a can most of the time. See, those cooks aren't out there killing and dying, but they're doing something. Okay, they're doing something to support what's going on. You can do the same. Look, if you can't be down on the ground, uh, you know, giving speeches and shouting out and all that stuff, then you can support the people that do. And that doesn't mean necessarily sending money. I mean, you can, but I mean, it doesn't mean that. It means just saying, hey, man, we're here. We're, you're not alone, 
Okay, you're not alone. That's the main thing. But anyway, this article here about how the uh, pharmaceutical companies have been, ooh, what a surprise, lying about their drug trials. This says the FDA requires each new drug to undergo rigorous testing and stand up to the scientific scrutiny, a process that is designed to protect consumers by thoroughly examining the effects of new medications before they're available to the public. But few people stop to realize that these studies, which are mandated by the FDA, are actually funded by the drug companies themselves. Hmm, well, could we call that a conflict of interest? Maybe. Big Pharma has so much influence in the field of scientific research that the professionals who depend on peer-reviewed studies, i.e. doctors, psychiatrists, nurses, etc., prefer to read meta-analysis as a way to ensure objectivity. These meta-analysis combine evidence from unique multiple studies to weed out studies that produced irregular or uncommon results. In this way, the meta-analysis is regarded as the purest form of research and is heavily relied on by the medical professionals. But, again, if Big Pharma has essentially infiltrated the research industry to the point that the majority of studies are being skewed, even a meta-analysis is unreliable. Take, for example, study 329. GlaxoSmithKline funded study 329 between 1994 and 1998, and the results showed that Paxil was safe for teenagers. This study was published in 2001 in the Journal of American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, a well-respected and peer-reviewed journal. It was later found, however, that the authors had downplayed the negative findings and that GlaxoSmithKline had actually hired a PR firm to ghostwrite the article. Paxil actually clearly increases suicidal thoughts and impulses among teenagers, and this effect was downplayed in the article and not even addressed in the conclusion. My, my, are you shocked? Shocked, I tell you? And meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, we have the Republican debate with questions like, are you, a, are you a comic book villain, Mr. Trump? By the idiots at CNBC. Oh, boy. You know, <laughs> it's, is this a great country or what, huh? Anyway, I'll be back again tonight, and uh, I got to go now. Coming up next is financial survival. We have a full, full day today. So don't go anywhere, folks, and tell your friends to tune on in. And don't forget to give, send Max an email. Anyway, as always, thanks for listening. I heard it through the grapevine. My new neighbor don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm my co-host, Alfred Addisk, will be joining James Corbett of the Corbett Report. Uh, they'll be joining you for the second and third segment of the program today. And I do have Wendy Wilson joining me for the first part of the program, and she's going to be discussing global cancer laws. So make sure you stay tuned. But first, let's get to the market report for Thursday, October 29th, 2000. And fifteen, and yes, the the markets are just kind of a little all over the place. And of course, there was pressure on gold and silver today. Stocks were slightly lower most of the day. Uh, they decided to come back a little bit. We'll see where they ended up at. And of course, after uh, the U.S. Uh, said U.S. government said economic growth slowed more than expected. I guess we're the only ones in this whole country that expects the the growth to slow and. Uh, you know, maybe we need to uh, inform the government. Uh, we can do a better job predicting <laughs> what the outcome is going to be than they can. But they get to have uh, two opportunities until the end of the year to revise those numbers, of course. And they can't get it right the first time, so they get to adjust them. So even though it's low, we'll be talking about those numbers here in just a few minutes. Let's first go to go to gold. We have pressure on gold down nine today at eleven forty seven seventy. 
Silver was down 36 at 15.68. Platinum was down 9 at 995. Palladium was down 12 at 674. The USDX today was also down 0.32 at 97.28. And with the big run-up in crude oil yesterday, we only saw 0.19 negative today, 45.75. Paper markets today, let's see where they ended. Slight pressure, Dow down 23.17,755. The Nasdaq was down 21 at 5,074. S&P basically unchanged, 2089. Ten-year yield is moving up uh, 2.17, and that was up 0.08. Uh, Euro came back a little bit today, not much, 0.45 at 110. And um, you know it was pretty flat all the way across the board in the foreign markets and the world markets. Uh, the Asia markets unchanged. London, Germany were barely down, about the same amount as the Dow, 40 and 30 points. So um, so they told us the Commerce Department today said that the GDP grew at a rate of 1.5% uh, between July and September, and that is compared to a pace of a 3.9% in the second quarter of this year. And the third quarter of 2014, the economy grew at 4.3. So, you know, pretty big drop. But then again, they get to revise it two times before we get the final number. Uh, consumer confidence, that's also uh, rising. And it's a good thing that the American consumers like to eat and drive new cars because those are the only areas that are showing any strength restaurants and new cars. So that'll that'll keep the economy going for a long time. As I mentioned, consumer confidence was stronger. Um, we'll see. As long as that stock market is high, as long as it's not tumbling or have any reverse, uh, uh, you know, 500-point drops, hey, people out there are happy. You know, it seems like that's that's the only we we don't have in an economy. We have a stock market, and that's what uh, fuels the whole world. Um, before we get to Wendy, uh, the U.S. exports they declined this year for the first time since the Great Recession. And it's funny they talk about that it's a tr- troubling trend. It's a troubling trend for big multinational corporations that sell products abroad. Hey troubling for the multinational corporations. How about troubling trend for the American people? Okay? You have, you know, the, no more exports in this country since, since the, you know, it really is incredible. Things are only getting worse, and uh, hopefully we can get a little bit more into this tomorrow. just thought those things were a little important to bring to you today. The Deutsche Bank lost about $6.6 billion, looking to eliminate about 35,000 jobs. And uh, China looks like they're changing their child policy uh, to where the one-child policy they're relaxing. Um, now married couples can have two children. Isn't that great that a government can tell you how many babies you can have. And with that, make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll discuss some of these, all of these, and more. Uh, Tomorrow I'll be here with uh, Alfred Adesk. And for now, we have Wendy Wilson from Apothecary Herbs. Good afternoon, Wendy. Good afternoon, Melody. I hope our herb signal holds out. It's a little shaky today. (laughs) Well, you sound good now. Awesome. I'm sorry about yesterday. I 
had a loose connection to my battery, and um, that was the reason I was stranded at the post office, so my apologies. Um, I thought we'd talk about the global uh, cancer laws that are uh, in the works, if you want. Sounds great. What kind okay. of law? Well, uh, a lot of people are, are maybe not aware or maybe they don't believe that there's this plan for global health care, and it's being used. Uh, and a clue, a real clue is when countries have similar laws, and in some instances, almost word for word. So countries which are thousands of miles from the United States are under the European Union's guidelines with regards to therapeutic products and treatment. Yet Europe's laws seem to be influencing congressional laws here in the United States. And you could suspect that this is a very subtle way of incorporating the European Union's harmonization laws for global dominance. And one area of health that seems to be harmonized is in with regards to cancer. So for decades, pioneers in the natural therapeutic approach, Melanie, to cancer couldn't get their research published in the press or in journals. So if the research did get published, editors were choosing the uh, studies that had poor methods of testing and neglected dose range to establish useful doses. However, you know, I think mankind is empowered with information from diverse sources and is made readily available to us all to, you know, help us make choices that we want to make. So the cost of proving that therapy works is pretty enormous. Melanie, let me ask you, do you have a clue how much it would cost to run a clinical trial? A lot. <laughs> How's that for an answer? Well, yeah, how many zeros can you count, right? Yeah, so really. um, if, if you want a treatment or a therapy to be recognized as effective, you have to play by medicine's rules. And according to Forbes magazine, the cost of a clinical trial can range from $1.3 and up. So regardless if the natural therapy works or not, if you don't have the money to prove it by scientific methods, it's not going to be taken seriously, and sharing any information and knowledge about it will be severely discouraged. So any unproven forms of therapy, especially for cancer, are labeled as pseudoscientific, or science sometimes regards them as quackery. Now, some of the new terms that patients may encounter, you've heard these, healthcare uh, complementary physicians or integrative medicine, um, sometimes these two areas get grouped together with alternative forms of the healing arts. So who do you think initiated combining, lumping these practices, these terms all together to make people think it means the same thing? Got a clue, Melanie? Well, why don't you tell us? <laughs> well, apparently it was the White House Commission in 2002. Uh, they supposedly... Um, a well-known researcher of complementary and alternative medicine by the name of Dr. Barry Castle at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center says, according to her, actually, there's a critical difference between complementary medicine and alternative
Well, guess what um, the complementary integrative uh, treatments are for cancer. Have any idea? You tell us. Well, uh, it's antioxidants, vitamins, and herbs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There you go. So let's get to these cancer acts, and there's a couple you know, of them. That's, that's what I wanted to bring. I wanted to go back or where you're starting now is you talked mm-hmm. about how the uh, – how all this health care, this universal global laws, and and mm-hmm. with the European Union as far as the leaders and so forth, um, one of my clients is a doctor, and uh, he's uh, born in, in the U.K., and he's over here practicing. And prior to passing Obamacare, he told me, he says, that is no different than what we have in the U.K. and in England. He right. says, and that is the worst health care that anyone can have, and he was really disturbed. And but he was telling me about. Uh, uh, I mean, he said it's almost identical, and we know right. that Obamacare. I mean, it just came about within a short period of time. So again, it was oh. something that was already designed, and well, uh, so. And really, I think with these, real quick, have you heard anything about with these new trade agreements? Do they include um, anything about the? Well, actually, the universal global health care is really the linchpin to a one-world order, okay, because uh, health isn't a part of life. It is life. And if you're not on the same sheet of music, you're not going to get treatment and you're not going to get services. So it's one of those twist-your-arm moments, really. But let's talk about these uh, cancer acts real quick because it kind of gives people the big picture um, as I mentioned earlier, countries with similar laws with regards to healthcare treatments, especially in the area of cancer, in 1939, the UK drafted the Cancer Act, and this blocks patients from receiving unauthorized cancer treatments and information on authorized treatments. So physicians in the UK are threatened with losing their professional standing on their medical register, which is equal to a US doctor losing his license to practice if they tend to step out the, outside those boundaries and use any treatments that aren't approved by the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, also known as NICE. Now, in 1971, Melanie, President Nixon and the U.S. Congress enacted the National Cancer Act. Uh, one of the reasons was it, it was to create um, a strengthen the position of the National Cancer Program and create a, a cancer advisory board. And, uh, of course, taxpayers pay for this. It costs us now $243 million a year. Huge program, dictates legal cancer treatments in the U.S. Uh, cancer research is presented to the president, and then Congress approves the funds, and taxpayers pay for that. Taxpayers pay again when these treatments move through Medicare and Medicaid. So uh, health authorities promote that we're winning the war on cancer, and their main reason is the statistics they publish. Uh, they say we've gone from one in five patients survived their cancer diagnosis five, by five years to one in three, uh, but really the average cancer patient survives just two years, and I don't call that winning. Uh, so the main difference in the U.K. Cancer Act, Melanie, and the U.S. Cancer Act is that if you live in the U.K., you have no access to information involving natural therapeutic alternatives to dealing with cancer. The Minister of Health in the U.K. prohibits any unauthorized person from communicating alternative therapies which reverse cancer. So there's this total ban on natural cancer cures in the U.K. unless prescribed by your licensed doctor. 
And authorities state that the ban is to prevent, you know, patients from being misled on bogus cancer therapies. But, you know, that's, I think, is an excuse because people are pretty rational. They, they, they check into things normally before they jump in. So there's this blackout on information which does not come from the scientific community, does not meet the critical and expensive guidelines for clinical trials, and is not administered or authorized by doctors and nurses. So this big problem for the people overseas, um, and this could happen here. They could amend the National Cancer Act here to prevent that. So I, I would hope Americans would, would uh, actually uh, uh, stand up and abolish something like that. So here's another problem that the U.K. people have, like your friend was mentioning to you. With this gag order that's regarding cancer information, the, USP, uh, the U.K. people over there are concerned that government may move to abolish their Human Rights Act of 1998. So the British feel that their freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and other fundamental rights are under attack there. So a strong advocate for making changes to the Human Rights Act in the U.K. is this career politician and a direct descendant from King William IV. His name's David Cameron. He's going to, within the next year, uh, motivate Parliament to replace the Human Rights Act with the British Bill of Rights. Sounds great. Angle is they want to cut the ties with the European Court on Human Rights, which is influencing so many of their laws now. But nobody knows what's in the British Bill of Rights. And that's concerning the Brits. They're nervous. They, they think they can lose more rights. They're worried that the new laws would impede their right of freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom to hold opinions, and to receive and communicate ideas and information without government interference. They're worried that they'll lose these rights under the premise that the new laws will protect their health care and their national security. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> A little bit, Wendy. Oh, well, I don't know if anybody's checked out uh, the United Nations website. Um, if you go to the United Nations website, they have uh, this download. It's called the United Nations in Vienna in Your Daily Life. And on there it says, you may not realize just how connected the work of the UN is uh, in Vienna, and it's in within your daily activities. So I encourage people to go down there on that website and download. It's, um, it's on the United Nations in Vienna. It's the Office of Drugs and Crime. And uh, you've heard of Agenda 21. That name's been batted around. Absolutely. But the UN is really positioning itself to control countries through these various laws in areas of health, community, environment, and business. Um, so they present these laws as if it were in the best interest of the people and in the environment. So they have 7,000 satellites in Earth's orbit, Melanie. 93% of them are registered to the UN. The UN tells us that they are in control of the telecommunications, and you can't check your news, your Internet, your phone, without them knowing about it. They also claim that they know when you go on vacation, leave to go to the store to shop or to go to work. They've partnered with the International Atomic Energy Agency to develop global facilities to irradiate food and medical supplies, such as syringes for your flu shots. They claim it kills bacteria, viruses, and insects, but is harmless to you and me. The environmental program, they're involved with that to preserve the environment. And they say if you want, on their website, they say if you want to go hiking or camping um, in the mountains, they say you will negatively impact the environment and contribute to climate change. So the slant is 
you would disrupt the delicate balance, the ecosystem, so you should stay at home. Stay at home. Uh, yeah, stay in the city. So uh, I could go on. They're involved with the Industrial Development Organization, the Commission on International Trade. They control what foods are in your supermarkets, okay? You know, Wendy, we're out of time in, uh, in this uh, segment. Maybe you mm-hmm. can continue on that next week. Uh, oh, no, and, this is, uh, a, there's a little bit more, but I think people get yeah. the picture. Um, you know, people need to be aware that that's happening, and uh, and I think the RF chip is going to be involved with your health care and everything else. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it. Give us some uh, contact information real quick, Wendy. Oh, sure. They can uh, request a catalog if they want to empower themselves with uh, some natural therapies. 866-229-3663. Thepowerherbs.com is the website. 866-229-3663. Hey, we have a 20% off coupon that's good through the first. It's on the website. Thanks, Melanie. All righty. Thank you, Wendy, for joining us. And stay tuned, folks. Alfred and James Corbett will be here in just a few minutes. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188 That's 800-375-4188 Protect yourself and your family. 
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Addis, and this is Financial Survival. I am. Uh, I have just been informed that James is here. Uh, James Corbett from thecorbettreport.com. James is located in Japan. We're here, and I'm here in Texas, and I don't know where all of you folks are. Uh, we pro- we, we uh, record this program on Wednesday evening. It'll be rebroadcast Thursday during the day, uh, in part because... James, it's, it's morning in Japan, and it's relative. You know, it's night. It's nighttime here in the year and uh, Wednesday night, and we have to kind of match up our schedules in order to do the reports, do the interview. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm here. I'm live. I'm talking to you from halfway around the world. How do I sound? Uh, you sound very a little bit a little 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 scruffy, but not bad. Um, there was a little bit of static there for for a moment, um, but it is amazing. You know, it's, it's, and it's, what surprises me, you get into this extraordinary technology. It's not only that we're talking halfway around the world, we're talking for free. (laughs) How amazing should that be? And yet, once you get it going, we adjust to it right away and we take it for granted. It doesn't astonish us. If we could if we could engage in time travel, we'd be pretty amazed by it for I don't know, a couple of years maybe, and then it would be just the same old stuff. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah Louis C.K. has a comedy bit about that. Everything's amazing and no one's happy, where yeah. you can get used to things remarkably quickly and fail to realize just what a miraculous thing, time period we're living through, that anyone else in the history of humanity would have been I just marveled to even see come to pass, and here we are complaining because our you know internet fee is fifty dollars a month or whatever. Yeah, I understand. Just astonishing. Just really is amazing. Um, we certainly live in interesting times, where there are a lot of fantastic, amazing technology available to us. Our technologies available to us, um, and we also face a bunch of problems too. We've got a report here from CNBC, and this is today's news. Fed tells markets to wake up. Hike could be coming, and they're talking about an interest rate hike. Not happening today, not happening, not happening Wednesday, but maybe in December. Do you think we'll see a rate hike? Will the Fed raise interest rates in December? Well, I don't, I don't see how they can. Uh, it doesn't mean they won't, but I don't see how they can. Uh, and yet, if they don't, they lose whatever credibility the markets might credit them with, which is not a lot at this point. But still, uh, going from uh, slightly above zero to zero would be 
something anyway. So they have painted themselves into a corner. I don't know how they plan to get out of that corner because I don't think they can raise rates. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch what transpires unless they just say once again, well, we're considering it. It'll probably be next year. Uh, I I guess they can just continue kicking the can down the road. But uh, I really don't see how they're going to be able to paint themselves out of this corner. They have to be a little amazed they've been doing this for nine years or nearly nine years, holding interest rates down between zero and a quarter of a percent. They have to be amazed in their own way. Look, they felt the public fell for it again. We told them <laughs> in, in next month or the month after that, then, then maybe we'll raise the rates. It's got to be astonishing to the Federal Reserve that people have gone along with this as long as they have. I, at least I suppose they should be astonished by it. Um, Not that I want to make uh, the Fed any more efficient at what it does, because I think it doesn't. It should be abolished and shouldn't exist in the first place. But really, if they were going to try this strategy, what should have taken place is they should have raised uh, the, the rate by a quarter of a percentage point, maybe uh, six months ago or even a year ago at this point, and just held them there for a while so that people get used to the idea that rates can and will go up at some point but that they're not going to, to go willy-nilly with it. And uh, I think that would have had a, something of a calming effect. But all they've done is really primed the pump to the point where now everything hinges on this decision so that if they even try to move that needle, I think it's going to cause a much bigger effect than it would have uh, even six months ago. But even that's surprising, and it does not bode well. How can it be that a quarter of a percent interest rate is so important they risk collapsing the economy. That's the implication. I don't think they've said that, but that's the implication. Oh, my gosh, if we raise interest rates by a quarter of a percent, the economy may collapse. That's the implication. How is it possible that a, uh, China is paying something in the neighborhood of 5% interest right now? Brazil is dealing with 15 16%. They're having problems, but they're getting by, and yet we are worried about a quarter of a percent. Doesn't that indicate that the entire financial structure is so fragile that we can't even raise interest rates by a mere quarter of a, a percent? Doesn't it tell mm, us we are in yeah. great jeopardy right now? or is there Well, we certainly are in great jeopardy, and certainly a lot does hinge on this decision. But I think it's less to do with the amount of that change so much as the change itself. I think to go from an environment where it's been at zero to 0.25 for this long to go in the positive direction by any amount is a, is a signal to the markets of what is to come that I think is more important than the actual amount of the change. And I think once, if that change were to be made and was to work its way in, through the system, then subsequent changes would not be as big a deal. So it's not the amount of the change so much as just the moving the, direct, the, the needle in that particular direction. Even that is not cause for celebration because it implies that the market is extremely susceptible to psychological effects. That it doesn't matter, it's just a quarter percent all by itself. The mathematics doesn't doesn't count for much, but the psychology may make the markets move up, down, or sideways. Is doesn't that suggest there's something fragile? <laughs> you know, I mean yeah. It, it, yeah. I think what uh, I hope something that has been exposed over the last seven years of central bank dictated economic activity or market activity is that just how much the pronouncements of central bankers really do bear on the economy itself, not 
because they have some sort of magic wand, but simply because the markets really have to price into account what the, the Fed is doing because they control the price of the most important commodity, really, if you think about it in any economy, which is money itself. If money is this instrument that they can create, they can, they can pump in, they can suck out of the economy, they can, they can really manipulate with, with interest rates, then they get to price. They, they really are the third person in any transaction that takes place in, oh, in the, the entire economy. So uh, I, I think hopefully this has pulled back the curtain on that and the fact that the markets really are just trying to predict, be mind readers and try to predict what is the Fed's next move. And I think when people start to really internalize the implications of that, meaning that ultimately the economy is something of a parlor trick that's being that the wool is being pulled over our eyes rather than actually the result of real economic activity. At least uh, I, I hope that some people will fall out of that matrix and start to see the system for what it is. We had a situation with the Federal Reserve back, I think it was early summer, late spring, where Janet Yellen did or did not use the word patient. And markets moved up and down and almost, you know, we had spectacular effects just on her word choice. Does the Fed want the power to move markets by just the, their word choice? Will they choose one or two words and, oh, my gosh, the market goes up a couple hundred points, goes down a couple hundred points. Do they want that power? Because with that power goes responsibility. Can they speak? Do they dare to speak? without parsing every single word, saying, oh, my gosh, will the people go nuts if I use the word patient? You can't use that? Do they want this power, or would they prefer to be more on a mountaintop where they make pronouncements, and then the, the, the word slowly comes down to the public? And most people don't even know what the Fed said until six months after the fact. Right now, everybody knows on the day it happened, if not within hours of when it happened. Right. Yeah. Do they want that? Well, I think a couple of things to note here. First of all, this is obviously not a new phenomenon. The, uh, the every single pronouncement, every word of uh, the Fed chair has been parsed for decades now, at the very least. And words like irrational exuberance have entered mm -hmm. the lexicon because they were uttered by the, uh, the uh, occult overseer of the economy, uh, Alan Greenspan, back in the 90s and that kind of thing. So it's not a new phenomenon, but it is, uh, I think, part of the I, I guess the, the war between the ego of uh, some of these chairs and their, uh, the, their sense of uh, that they might actually be held accountable for these words. But I think that's really a phenomenon of the psychology of these individual people. As an overall institution, of course, the Federal Reserve, I think, really wants to be in that position of being able to direct the, the markets where they want them to go by simply making, by simply making statements, by simply saying words speaking into existence the economy, I think that's the ultimate dream of central banks and really what central banks, the promise of central banks has always been is that we will create this institution which can really oversee the economy and can nudge it this way or that with their words. But as I say, the more they lose credibility and lose face by saying, oh, you know, the rate hike's coming, the rate hike's coming and it doesn't come, the less markets will let you, uh, really start, will, will be parsing over every single word. And at some point, I think the, uh, the, the, the lockstep connection there between the markets and what the Fed is saying will break. And at that point, the, the really, the, the curtain is pulled, and the Fed doesn't have a lot of tricks up its sleeve at that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they're relying on this ability to speak the economy into existence. And uh, once that breaks, I think they lose a lot of their power. Uh, moving to a different subject, Zero Hedge published an article entitled, If We Don't Find a Solution Today, it's the end of the European Union, refugee, 
refugee crisis hits tipping point. Do you think the European Union is being threatened, its existence is being threatened in a meaningful way by the uh, Muslim refugees coming from Syria, Iraq, wherever, that are pouring into Europe? Well, it is. I mean, it's, uh, there's no doubt this is a huge phenomenon, and not just in terms of geopolitically, but obviously economically. Uh, I, I don't see how countries like Germany can take on this many people this quickly and simply just absorb them into the economy as I think they're hoping to do. I, 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 I just don't see that happening, and especially in a Eurozone that has been so famously, I think, on fire for, for years now and uh, was teetering on that flaming edge. Now, with this extra uh, you know, monkey wrench in the works, I think it's really throwing everything uh, off. So I, I think there is uh, certainly, I mean, just even from an economic perspective, just looking at the dollar and cents perspective, let alone the impact on human lives, I think there is genuine cause to be concerned here and how this is going to be you know, absorbed into an economy that's already uh, quite precarious. How, if it can't be absorbed, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Difficult to make that statement because, uh, I, again, I think it depends per, in, in what particular country this ends up coming to a head or if, mm -hmm. uh, if it doesn't ha happen in one particular country, which countries will be involved in what their situation is. Uh, because, again, as much as the European Union likes to think of itself as a single homogenous entity, entity, of course, it is very much divided, not only along that north-south divide, as I think is quite famous, you know, famously observed, but, but more specifically, Germany versus everyone else. And I think, you know, those types of things can play into this. So that, I mean, obviously, I mean, if, if, if immigrants were flooding into Greece, I mean, that would obviously send things uh, falling in a very different way than if they all end up in Germany. But, uh, but still... I mean, regardless of how it happens, I think the underlying point is still that, uh, you know, the, the connected economies of Europe can't really take a shock like this. So I think that the ultimate result of this is going to have to be one of the net negatives. And it's only a question, I guess, if the European Central Bank can try to make some sort of, you know, power grab as a result of this by saying, oh, look, the crisis is so deep that now we need the power to, to intervene more to help out these economies, which, of course, is always the way that they want that to work out. Whether or not they have the political capital to do so might be a different thing. I can understand that the central banks or the powers that be, whoever, if you give them lemons, they're going to make lemonade. All right, they will. It's, it's Rahm Emanuel and Hillary Clinton saying a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. So I can look at this, and from my perspective, I can see the Muslims coming in from again Syria, Iraq, wherever, coming in from the Middle East. Did their, in, their refugee status, their invasion, was this orchestrated by the powers that be? Did they make this happen, or did the crisis happen un, in a way that was unpredictable and unanticipated, but the powers that be say, okay, we got refugees, how do we exploit the situation? Do you see what I'm saying? Did they precipitate, yes. or did yes. they merely seek to exploit well, I think either way that you look at it, it, it does come down to the actions that have been taken and the, the political decisions that have been made at, uh, at the highest levels uh, in Europe as well as other places, specifically the generation of the refugee problem by the bombing to smithereens of these different countries, which, of course, has been fully, a lot of the European countries have been fully on board with, with their participation in NATO. So 
I think whether, regardless of whether it was planned or not, it certainly is the result of uh, decisions that have been made in the power centers of Europe. And I guess you can look at it this way as the chickens coming home to roost. And uh, again, I don't know, I don't have any smoking gun document that they planned to have this refugee crisis, but certainly I think they've been um, very accommodating of this crisis. And, and of course, they, they helped to bring it about whether or not that was intentional. So I think that we can see this as part of a larger game plan uh, that's been uh, unfolding for a very long time to open up borders uh, for, for these types of, you know, it, it, unplanned immigration crises, let's call it. And uh, I think this is part of a, uh, a longer term plan to, to really destabilize Europe itself. And uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's a pretty big claim to make and probably one that we'll have to go into in more depth. Well, if we're going to go into it in more depth, why don't we save that until we return from a commercial break? Um, I'm Alfred Adams here with my guest, James Corbett, from thecorbettreport.com. We will be back on financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 that's eight 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3Ws.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here on Financial Survival with my guest James Corbett calling in from Japan, talking, uh, giving us his opinions on geopolitics. Um, and we are talking about the refugees flooding into Europe from the Middle East and speculating 
on the motives behind the powers that be to cause or at least exploit that refugee crisis. It appears from Zero Hedge, there are, there, it's, it's, if we don't find a solution today, it's the end of the European Union. That's one of the headlines at Zero Hedge. Uh, is it that serious? Is the European Union being threatened? And if so, why would the powers that be want to collapse the European Union? Yes, a very good question. And I think uh, I think that the plan is not to collapse the European Union in that sense, at any rate, perhaps to I, I think the, the fear that is being spoken to here is more one of native Europeans, you know, fearing the collapse of European, European culture or European civilization or something along those lines. But I think the European Union as an institution is going to survive this, you know, whatever, whatever comes of it in whatever way. And I think that's more the point. I think the institutional power remains, even if the, you know, the cultural uh, ties are, are loosened or weakened or whatever happens at, a, at the sort of lower levels of this. And I think that's, that's something that we need to think about when it comes to this. But there's a lot of different ways to look at this situation and the way that it's been fostered. For example, uh, the, you know, something that, uh, that played out when this crisis started was Italy giving a lot of these refugees temporary visas which they knew would be used by these refugees to transit through Italy in, on their way into the Eurozone. And because of the, the European Schengen area, the, the common customs area, they, they can travel anywhere. Once they get that toehold in Europe, they can travel anywhere. So Italy was basically saying, all right, fine, if you're coming here, you might as well go on through. And uh, that, that really facilitated this, this movement that's taking place. So rather than Europe having a shared, you know, one, one border kind of mentality here, to try to, to see the problem at, at its beginning and to, to try to create some sort of shared strategy for it. Basically, just one, one country just offloads it onto the next country. And we've seen how that's played out in some of the, the transit corridors that these migrants are using. So with all of that in mind, uh, again, what the answer, quote unquote, the solution that, that, that comes to mind as a result of this so is, well, of course, well, we need a shared border strategy. Why isn't one in place? Well, we need more power to do that. So again, I think the institution actually ends up benefiting from these types of problems that are created at the lower levels of the bureaucracy. And uh, that's why, you know, whatever this is doing culturally or societally there in Europe, I don't think it's the European Union as an institution that is ultimately going to suffer from this. You're arguing, if I understand correctly, that by allowing these refugees to flood into Europe, they're going to actually tend to diminish the national borders that still exist to some extent in Europe. They're going to weaken. The nation of Germany will be weakened. The nation of France will be weakened and so on. But out of that chaos, the New World Order will set up a European Union that has borders, regional borders that are stronger and there's, than, than they have in the past. But the argument here is that it's the national entities that are going to be ruined or at least damaged, impaired, changed by the influx of refugees. Is that true? Yes, I, I think that's the way to look at it. Because if you look at the, the, the sort of propaganda that the European public has been subjected to for decades now about, you know, Europe, a shared united Europe, it hasn't been very effective. They had a big mm -hmm. 50th anniversary celebration back in 2007, I believe it was, for the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Treaty of Rome, which 
at the time, no one referred to that as a uh, as the European Union. No one was thinking of it in those terms. It was just a minor sort of, you know, trade agreement. But it, of course, now it's looked back on. Well, that was the beginning of, you know, the, the European project as as we know it today. Uh, hatched, of course, by the way, at Bilderberg in 1955, as we have the documents to prove that now. But that being what it may, uh, you know, no one basically showed up for those festivities. It's not like the European peoples think of themselves as European so much as they think of themselves as French or German or Italian or what have you. And I think that shows, that speaks to the, the lack of ability of the, the sort of political process to move move people past that, that nation-state mindset, which, of course, is going to be an incredibly integral part of this new world order globalist system that they're trying to bring into place. How can you ultimately break down those walls? You need a crisis, just as World War I made the environment for a League of Nations or World War II made the environment for a United Nations or, or other things that would have been unthinkable before that kind of cataclysm. So, too, a refugee crisis can change people's opinions. Well, of course, we need a shared border strategy to stop this from happening again. And so it can really serve to break down those types of, uh, you know, in, ingrained cultural and, and uh, practices and ideas that, that people still believe in. And uh, if you don't have a crisis, you can't offer the solution. Does this crisis, uh, we're going to have, a, all right, we're going to have a crisis. The crisis typically, I mean, to my mind, will require a common enemy. All right, we could have Gore, if I remember his name correctly, coming down out of the spaceship, uh, the robot back from whatever, I, I don't even remember the name of the movie, but out of the 50s. We need that common enemy, and then we all come together. If that were the way they're thinking, the common enemy in this situation that would unite Italy, France, Germany, the common enemy would be the Muslims. Yeah. If that yeah. were true, are the Muslims being played? Are they being lured into traveling into European countries in anticipation that one day we're going to say, all right, what, kill them all? If they right. Well, I, yes. well Europe, I mean, I don't I... think the ultimate answer is going to be kill them all, but I think that certainly it is kind of, you know, the Europeans versus refugees is becoming the the the, the narrative that everyone is at least acknowledging whether or not they, they subscribe to that. They're certainly acknowledging that that is the narrative that, that is causing, that the tension is, is centering around right now. So all of these, of course, it, again, all of this sources from decisions that are made at the, the economic political levels where, you know, it's decisions to bomb Libya to smithereens that creates a refugee crisis, or it's the decisions of the Italian government to uh, issue these temporary visas that creates the, the possibility for these migrants to flood through, or it's it's uh, Turkey or, or uh, Saudi Arabia or these other places that you would think would be a more natural destination for these uh, Muslim refugees, but no, they're heading to Europe. And again, that has to do with decisions that are made at political levels. So uh, we have to keep that in mind. But certainly the, the narrative that ultimately ends up emerging in the public debate is, well, it's it's these Muslims that are ruining everything or if the Muslim from the Muslim perspective, I guess. Oh, you know, these Europeans are just racist and it creates and fosters those tensions. And I think it's yeah, that the resolution of those tensions is going to come again through the same political process that uh, created the problem in the first place. But that will probably fly under the radar. It's certainly a strange situation because I under, I'm inclined to understand this as evidence of the new world order trying to establish one world government. Ultimately, they're going to start with creating regions 
like the European Union that will be, become, in theory, a single nation rather, or a single administrative district rather than a collection of individual nations. The same thing is the North American Union, where Mexico, the United States, and Canada become one entity rather than three separate countries. And eventually, this, these entities, they evolve into, they have their associations, and the North American Union becomes part of the European Union and so on. So if that were true, aren't they rolling the dice right now and taking a big chance in Europe? What happens if one or two nations just say, that's it, I'm out of here. I'm not going to play this game anymore. And and that's not inconceivable, at least not to me. Now what happens? Have we lost? Is it a step backward for the New World Order? Does does uh, Does the European Union divide? Or does it coalesce into a single, a stronger administrative region? Are they risking this? Ex- yes, uh, that's an extremely insightful and perceptive question. But you're breaking up a little bit on my side. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Okay, good. Well, uh, that's such an important question. And I think uh, the way that we, we should look at this, yeah, absolutely, whenever there is a crisis situation of any sort, it's always a rolling of the dice. There's always that liquefaction that has to take place in order for a new system to be, to be cemented into place. And in that moment of, of kind of tipping the, the chessboard over, certainly there's room for something to go, go awry or to go askew. But we have to look at this as not just a, something that's developing kind of willy-nilly here in 2015. It's something that's been developing for decades now, and they've been sort of putting the framework for this into place. So you look back, back into the 1990s, where, of course, Samuel P. Huntington, Huntington wrote the book that predicted, quote-unquote, this, this era, the Clash of Civilizations, which, of course, is the Clash of Civilizations and the remaking of World Order, which stems from an article that was originally published in Foreign Affairs, the, the, uh, the Journal of the Council on Foreign Relations. So we know where this entire framework is coming from and the way that it's been inculcated in the public consciousness now for decades. They kind of prepped us in the 90s, and then we saw the spectacular events of 9-11, and then the war on terror narrative. So now everything is taking place in this narrative that's been developed for us. It is now the Muslims versus Western culture, which further reinforces the idea. I mean, for example, now you see, even amongst the people who are revolting against what the European Union's response to this has been so far, their response is framed in the terms of, well, we are Europeans, this is European culture, and this, this Muslim culture is invading our culture. Uh, it, 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 it certainly fosters the, the nationalist side of things, but in an, in an international context. I mean, I think when you get those, those uh, sort of nationalist elements reacting to this in that European context, they're reacting in a way that frames it as, well, this is Europe, Europe, Europe for Europeans they're starting to identify themselves as European more so than they had in the past. And I think this is all part of a very, very large game that's being played right now. So, yes, it does. It, in some ways it does and it can work against the idea of forming sort of, you know, a global government. But I think it further reinforces the regional identity, which has to be the next step. I don't think you go from national governments to a global government. I think you go from national to regional to global. I agree. So with I think that. it's just part of a, a process that's unfolding right now. Get on to another subject here a little bit. All right, do you follow Bitcoin at all? The cryptocurrency. I, 
I do. I don't follow the day-to-day price, but I do have some Bitcoin that people have donated to me over the years. All right. I've got a headline here from Cointelegraph, which is a magazine, an Internet magazine that just deals with uh, the future of money, Bitcoin in particular. Uh, And the headline is, China unofficially authorizes Bitcoin price turns bullish. Is China really going to allow Bitcoin within China? And if so, what effect is that likely to have? Is that going to make Bitcoin give it more traction than it already has or uh, much ado about nothing? Well, it is important, I would say, for the price of Bitcoin, if nothing else, because uh, in that run-up a couple of years ago to the $1,000 plus that it reached at, at its peak, a lot of the buying that was at that time was coming from China. And uh, that was before there was a somewhat semi kind of crackdown by China, which restricted the amount of buying that was taking place there. And then we, of course, saw the, 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 that sort of Bitcoin bubble burst. So I think if this report is true, and I haven't looked into this, so I don't really know, you know, to what extent this is uh, reflecting something, you know, important that's just changed. But if it is, I would say that that's important for Bitcoin. And from what I understand, Bitcoin has been on its way up in the last few days uh, quite quite dramatically. So perhaps this is related to that. And certainly uh, it seems that people in China are interested in ways around the, uh, the Chinese banking system and around currency controls that exist there. So it shouldn't be surprising, I think, that the Chinese public would be interested in trying to get around that, whether that's through precious metals, which we know they're buying at record rate rates in recent years, or something like uh, cryptocurrency. The idea behind, it says China unofficially authorizes Bitcoin. It, the article is telling us that China has reversed its position, essentially, instead of trying to, re- trying to s- prevent Bitcoin from gaining traction in China. They're just saying, all right, leave it alone. We're not going to mess with it. If they do it, they do it, and we're not going to we're not going to go after anyone, at least not at this time. Is this evidence that China has decided if you can't beat them, join them? They're going to, they've, is it possible that they've just conceded that Bitcoin can't be stopped and therefore let's stop regulating it? It would be strange for China to make such an admission, even tacitly, mm-hmm. considering the entire point of the Cyberspace Administration of China is to try to control the Internet and everything that flows through it. So you would think they would at least believe that they could control it if they wanted to, which has to make you wonder if there are ulterior motives for this. And I can only speculate what those ulterior motives are, but I can't believe that the Chinese government really believes or wants the public to believe they believe that they can't control it. What do you think the future of these cryptocurrencies might be? Are these going to catch on, or will the governments of the world try to stamp them out, or will will the governments of the world try to co-op them and say, okay, we're good. we can have cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin, for example, but the central bank of the Federal Reserve is going to run it, or the central right. bank of yeah. the, the European Union or whatever. What do you think the future is of the digital currencies? Bingo. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably the most likely thing, that either... 
they're going to start national blockchains that are administered by central banks or or they're going to form or they're already starting to form foundations to try to you know make bitcoin more acceptable to the public easier for people to use but of course it will also mean that it will become part of the the existing banking infrastructure where of course the key underlying point of the idea of the blockchain technology is that you no longer need bank middlemen to do all sorts of transactions that you did in the past so i think like so many other things the idea the kernel of the idea is revolutionary but it's going to be sold to the public in a way that is fundamentally not revolutionary and that's that's why i think perhaps uh, china might be backing off at this point because they they want to control the beast rather than just to try to outlaw it which will only create a black market for it we're out of time james i want to thank you for being on the program james corbett from the corbettreport.com uh look forward to talking to you again next thursday actually wednesday night and program broadcast on thursday thank you folks for listening Melody and I will be back tomorrow. And in the meantime, with the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, James, and Frank, the producer. Good night. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at landset.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Fighting soldiers.
news from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Silver All right, everybody. Welcome to Freedom Call. It is brought to you by American Voice Radio, and we thank you for listening. If you're a new listener during this hour, uh, we will do our very best to uh, explain what is in the 15-second sound bites, what is over network news that uh, is biased toward uh, Democrats, uh, liberals, conservatives, republicrats. And um, that is, we give you the opportunity that you don't receive by normal network or uh, by uh, cable news services. And it is important, especially since we have uh, key events uh, that are occurring all around us uh, now. And I don't know if things are going to slow down after the election on the 2nd of November or not. I think that they should probably intensify because if we do carry out the trash on the 2nd of November and fire everybody in the House of Representatives except uh, the uh, magnificent few and replace them with new people, the new people are going to need guidance. And uh, that means uh, our communication and that things would intensify while they uh, throw the brakes on uh, these runaway programs uh, that are headed uh, for the La Brea tar pits or the economic abyss of the universe. Because that's exactly uh, what is going on. We need to not only throw the brakes on, but we need to uh, put it in reverse. There are answers to the federal debt, which is coming uh, on to $14 trillion. There are answers uh, to uh, more than about a trillion and a half deficit. There are answers to a million five hundred thousand bankruptcies and over a million uh, foreclosures uh, where Americans uh, now, most of us, are, quote, underwater because the mortgage payments that are owed on property are greater uh, than the property is valued. This is nothing to get excited about. If you can make the mortgage payment and you intend to live there, uh, then this is one factor. Now, if you are trying to sell your home and move somewhere else, of course, the real estate uh, being upside down uh, is a negative factor for you. I know people all over who are shrieking, uh, gnashing of teeth, pulling out of hair, uh, because their property values have dropped but what would you want? Uh, the other end, uh, it was certainly, we've lived through that, uh, through inflationary, you have property values that are extremely high, 
which makes uh, your property taxes uh, extremely high. And if you intend to live in that house, like I do, for example, I don't care if my property is devalued to $10,000 and that helps bring down property tax, that's fine with me because I'm not selling. I don't intend on moving. Now, if I did, then I would want my property values to be higher and I'd be willing to pay a greater property taxes. So I don't understand, however, when people are intending on living somewhere, why they just uh, like to have their homes uh, assessed and uh, they want the assessments to be what? Extremely high? Uh, so that uh, the county assessor can come along and tack uh, extra tax to what we're already paying. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Now, but this is, it's very important. Americans uh, in the majority say, don't touch our Social Security. Don't touch uh, our Medicare, Medicaid. Well, uh, these uh, entitlements of Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid uh, are, very frankly, going broke. And these issues have to be addressed. Now, it's like uh, uh, taking poison if you have any political candidate, because we do have some that I know of, that have made statements that have later been thrown in their face, taken out of context, that uh, we need to fix Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. And so uh, we have the Obama plan with Pelosi, who actually stated, have you heard anything dumber than this? The number three person in the line of the presidency of the United States, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House of Representatives, representative from San Francisco, California, made the statement, the health bill, the Obamacare bill, is too big to read. She said, let's just pass it, and then we'll find out what's in it. That is dumb. Let's just do whatever Hitler or Joseph Stalin or Mao Zedong or Paul Pot or Kim Jong-il says. And then uh, we'll see if we like it or not. Uh, once we put them in position or support them in power. And so we need to get rid of Pelosi and Reed and these others who have joined uh, this Obama band uh, that seems uh, to be headed uh, just like they were on some kind of uh, voodoo. Uh, they are headed... Uh, straight for financial abyss. And it all seems to be tied to uh, a new 
global governance. Uh, that they think they they don't know uh, what it'll be like, but it's kind of like Pelosi's attitude. Uh, let's just do it, then we'll see if we like it. And if we don't, <laughs> it uh, that includes things like disarming the American populace. Friends, when I came home from Vietnam, I went over in 64. I came home in 69. When I did... I immediately joined as a life member the NRA, and I've supported other gun organizations because I saw what happens when the people are disarmed. And you look at Switzerland, and you see an excellent example of what happens when people are required to do military service and then they take their weapons home with them, and uh, even as baseball uh, is a national pastime, and maybe uh, football too, who knows now, uh, they have shooting as a national sport and pastime in Switzerland. And as a result, because every household is armed and has trained people in it, that have done mandatory military service, nobody, not Hitler, <laughs> not uh, Stalin, nobody desires or uh, would attack Switzerland because they know that these people are armed and they are prepared to fight for their country and for their way of life. And so... We can't have the Pelosi zombie attitude of, uh, well, it's too big to read, and so let's just pass it, and then we'll see what's in it. What? You know, there are imbeciles, there are morons, and there are idiots. That's the three classifications psychiatrically of the lowest possible uh, intelligence area of human beings. Idiots are the lowest. Nancy Pelosi, by the statements that she has made, seems to be an idiot. And yet, uh, as the incumbent and sponsored uh, by gross numbers of uh, special interest groups, chances are Nancy Pelosi will... Uh, remain a member of the United States House of Representatives in Congress. And hopefully uh, we will have a change of parties and the Democrats will no longer be able to supply uh, the Speaker of the House. And the Democrats will no longer have the senior member uh, like Reed in the Senate. And so uh, we'll get rid of these idiots. Anyway, it is, you know, I have served on both the House side of Congress. The House uh, is to the south. The Senate side is to the north. I've been in uh, offices and chambers uh, as an officer assigned to the Office of the Secretary of Defense. 
I was a chief of congressional relations that handled both the House and the Senate. And I was surprised that actually 435 members of the House and only a small percentage were idiots and imbeciles and morons. But most of them were, generally speaking, articulate, uh, intelligent, and uh, quick-thinking people that had been identified, uh, voted for, and were representing government. And I found the same to be true, even though it was more political, uh, on the Senate side. But now uh, things are truly upside down. And I've told you, the truth about exactly how we got upside down and what we need to do to get the blue side back up on top. Now, uh, there is an interesting uh, contest going on in Alaska. Uh, A guy by the name of Joe Miller is a Tea Party uh, favorite, and uh, he won a Republican primary. Well, uh, there is a uh, woman uh, whose dad was uh, the senator of the great state of Alaska. His name was Murkowski. And uh, then he appointed uh, his daughter. And uh, when he gave up uh, his Senate seat, well, Murkowski has lost uh, the primary And uh, so uh, it looked like she was out of the running. Now, uh, Murkowski is running as a right-hand. But because uh, she has this family, sort of like uh, the Bushmen, uh, they uh, literally have this uh, legacy. They have this dynasty uh, with Daddy and Minnie-Me. And then uh, the other juniors being governor of the great state of Florida. And, of course, uh, the one brother, the the black sheep of the family, uh, being caught up uh, with the Securities Exchange Commission and not allowed uh, to work Wall Street anymore. Daddy Bush, uh, he had a piece of uh, this East Coast dock security that would actually have put many, many uh, people from Iran in charge of our security. And he said nobody is going to get in the way of uh, this contract. Well, it was insane. (laughs) And the people of America saw it. The Congress saw it. So even though the whole thing was set up, Uh, to uh, give the Bush black sheep brother uh, a job and a lot of uh, jingles in his pocket, it didn't happen. I mean, America was alert. We were looking at 9-11, and we were going to bring an enemy like uh, the Iranians that occupy uh, the highest percentage of people uh, this country and uh, have them giving our dock security when 
there was a major threat to the United States on a second attack. Well, uh, now Murkowski is running as a write-in, but because of her rich and influential dad and her own uh, fame and position as a senator, Murkowski, as a write-in, the Supreme Court of Alaska has ruled that voters can be given a list of write-ins. Well, if you have a ballot that uh, offers you those who have been ballot qualified, and then you have a space, like in Nevada, we have a space, none of the above. Well, in some states, uh, they have a space that says write-in. And so you can actually take a, a, a writing instrument and you can put someone's name in there that you think would be a better choice and you can vote for them. Well, Murkowski is a nine-letter word. M, I mean, it's easy. M-U-R-K-O-W-S-K-I. Murkowski. So uh, Murkowski is very clever. Got the Supreme Court, her lawyers, rich family, of course, and with all this influence and support, uh, they said and convinced uh, the good old boys in the Alaska Supreme Court uh, to allow a list of write-ins to be given to the voters. Well, they aren't write-ins, are they? I mean, why go to the trouble of running and winning a primary? Why go to the trouble of being ballot qualified when uh, a list of write-ins is going to be given? Uh, these are people who say, oh, wait a minute, put me down on the list of write-ins. Then people can look at that list and say, oh, yeah, gosh, here's Murkowski. That's right. I remember uh, Murkowski. What a famous name. Well, it just shows you, and you see how elections can get screwed up, because by the letter of the law, this is not right. But <laughs> the Alaska Supreme Court has said, well, uh, and the problem is if they write in Murkowski, and a lot of people weren't taught phonics, and so they really don't know how to say M-U-R-K-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, they don't know how to do it. So they may say M-I-R-K-S-K-Y. Well, now, does that vote not count? So there's a, you see the complications. And Murkowski is stirring this with all the money and influence uh, that she has got, which is considerable. And so you see how, in the great state of Alaska, you don't have a lot of population. So you don't have, like California, like 54 uh, representatives. <laughs> I mean, California could be three states. But Alaska does have two U.S. senators. Every state does. That's how we get the, the elite 100 so it's something to uh, to watch.
Now, uh, the big story, oh, let me just mention this, because it's, uh, it shows you this anthropological uh, fact that in 40 years, you're going to start finding European uh, cultures being eclipsed, being assimilated by, being replaced by Muslims. Now, Muslim can be African. The largest population of Muslims is Indonesia. They can be uh, Bangladesh. Uh, they can be in the USA because it's a religion. But uh, Islam has this law about it. And Sharia law is not what is in line with our Constitution or with states' rights. And yet, uh, in the United States, they would begin to learn about Sharia law. And over in Great Britain and France, uh, there have been huge uh, demonstrations for supporting Sharia law. Now, this, and so in the next 40 years, just the math, and you have to be a cultural anthropologist to understand how to do an equation uh, that will give you a population and a culture in a country, uh, but believe me, the figures I've given you, the birth rates, uh, there are so, there's so much birth control that has been uh, forced and suggested, brainwashed uh, onto European cultures, that now the birth rate uh, is so low in comparison uh, with Muslims that uh, it is a done deal. You hear a dead man walking, you know, is the uh, cry uh, in the that part of the prisons where they have death row. Well, uh, Europe is a dead continent. America, I'm sorry to say this, and I hope that Christ the Messiah comes so that uh, we won't end up under Sharia law in the next 40 to 50 years. But the fact is we have been so taken in by uh, teenagers being able to go without parental uh, guidance or presence and buy uh, these uh, morning-after pills and abortion pills. The birth rate of uh, white people in America, in uh, Europe is so low in European cultures that uh, are not just exclusively uh, white on white. It is so low it's going to be. It is a mathematical certainty that uh, the Muslim populations that aren't counted right now because it's not a, uh, in Saudi Arabia, you might say, well, they're a Muslim nation because the Quran is their constitution. Sure, 
And in Iran, they have a theocracy. Yeah. But you see, we forget about Spain and France. And this is just an indicator. In England, right now, the most popular name for a baby is Muhammad. I don't think this has ever been before in any European country. Maybe in Islamic nations in the Middle East, Muhammad. But now in Great Britain, in merry old England, that is the most common name that they're recording. And it's simply because the Islamic birth rate is about 8 to 1, whereas the birth rate of European cultures all over the world uh, is uh, descending through uh, 2 to 1. And the equation ends up with uh, a 0. We finally don't, aren't uh, producing anymore. And so... Uh, with an 8-to-1 ratio, working both ends. See, we're burning both ends against the middle. Uh, it ends up Islamic very quick. Now, the big story today is about uh, a, a small school board member in Arkansas uh, who uh, has made uh, some uh, offensive remarks primarily using email about uh, homosexual young people who have committed suicide uh, and uh, have killed themselves because of their guilt feelings or the threats, or whatever. And so civilization said, wear purple. Remember, I had on my heart jacket the other day. Well, that was uh, this organization's same support uh, well, anti-bullyism, anti-gayism. But I was doing it and didn't know it. But we'll uh, give you the whole story when we get back. So stay with us. family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed 
designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at freezedryguy at lancet.com. That's freezedryguy at l-a-n-s-e-t dot com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Radio, and uh, there is a member of the school board. I think this man uh, is a vice president, as they call him, of a uh, Arkansas uh, school board, Midland School District, uh, 
And uh, he has used Facebook that I've talked to you about uh, before. I thought, my original thought was that Facebook, like MySpace, uh, is a an area littered with landmines uh, for laying for ch- uh, children uh, with these pedophiles uh, posing to be uh, all uh, kinds of nice uh, young uh, people and luring uh, young people into their trap and then actually traveling to reigning, uh, arranging rendezvous uh, where they could do damage to these children. And I've seen on television where uh, my space, uh, uh, police basically have gotten on there uh, posing as children. And they have lured uh, these predators uh, into uh, suggesting that the child come by and uh, so uh, what they, uh, or that they come by and visit the child. And uh, the child, uh, which is actually the police, uh, have they had uh, television uh, cameras there? And here comes this uh, pedophile and uh, comes in, and uh, then while the child disappears, uh, the, the monitor comes out and says, what are you doing here? Here is what was on your email. This is what you said to who you thought was the child. It was actually this program, and the police are waiting to arrest you. Well, this was all on the, the MySpace thing, and I thought uh, Facebook is just more of the same. But uh, my children uh, put me on Facebook, and the truth is there are many social redeeming values. And uh, I have been amazed because uh, people uh, signed into a Facebook account that uh, had moved away from where I live um, a dozen years or more ago, and uh, it was so nice because they were good friends, and I didn't know what had happened to them, and their children have grown up, and there are uh, so many grises. Uh, that uh, I didn't know about, (laughs) and I have met really nice people because on Facebook you can choose, Uh, and if you just let anybody come onto your account, then very rapidly you will have a huge account because I erase probably a 100 every day. I go through and scrub it. Otherwise it gets outrageous, and I will just uh, erase them. If I don't know them, if I know that person, recently I saw an OSAC. Well, uh, O-V-S-A-K, George OSAC, was a sergeant first class. Uh, He was on my uh, guerrilla unit, and uh, George was uh, killed. I picked his body up and uh, took him out of uh, just an unimaginable uh, concentration of uh, exploding ordnance uh, to the point where I thought that George uh, was uh, a black soldier because uh, he had been so close to where 
this bomb went off that uh, while uh, one of my critics and another guerrilla member, uh, Jim Donahue, uh, pointed uh, and said, Sir, that is George Osak. And I said, No, this man is black. And he pointed to his name tag, and there was O V S A K. Well, that name uh, is not, uh, you know, like Smith or Jones. And so when I had a, a young woman uh, come on uh, wanting to uh, be on the, the Facebook, whose last name was Osak, uh, I have talked with family, you know, by email. Well, this uh, Facebook is just real uh, simple. Uh, and I... I still uh, see the value in Facebook because uh, this girl, uh, when I mentioned uh, something about George Ostback, uh, she said, do I know you? And I said, well, if you are a family member of George Osak killed in action in Vietnam, 1967, and she said, I, I don't know who that is. So she was apparently just fishing out there and happened to be one I thought was uh, one of my soldiers' uh, daughters or granddaughter. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, if she stays good, uh, if there's anything nasty starts going on, uh, then you just face them. But I like uh, uh, Facebook. At any rate, uh, to try to set this thing, this is so uh, so in such bad taste that it reminds me. And Frank Stephan, Frank Stephan is the veteran uh, who owns American Voice Radio. We were talking during the break, and I said, you know, this guy uh, whose name is Clint McCants, M-C-A-N-C-E. I said, this guy reminds me of General McChrystal. Uh, What did McChrystal do? Remember, he was in charge of the Afghan war over there on the ground. McChrystal, a special forces officer, uh, who was a three-star general running the Afghan war, McChrystal has uh, honor and integrity. And I believe firmly the crystal said, I have got to get out from under this Obama fiasco. He sees that there is 8,400 tons of OPH going out of Afghanistan. He sees that the, the war is against us. The people are against us. He sees that, uh, you know, now we have 1,000. 353 deaths, and every day it gets more and more. I firmly believe, you think that General McChrystal is dumb? He's not. Plus, McChrystal has a general staff that's also pretty sharp. Uh, they aren't the double knives in the drawer. Uh, a lieutenant general fighting a war, uh, like in Afghanistan, He's going to pick uh, officers that uh, are the best and the brightest. 
So do you think then that uh, it was insanity? Why would a guy like McChrystal call Rolling Stones Marijuana Magazine? I mean, I was in Rolling Stones when I was commander of Special Forces Latin America because I took the array away from a, uh, a black Special Forces NCO who admitted to using uh, marijuana. And I had uh, two rules that there was no question about. That's not too many. The two rules were, one, no dope, period. You got dope, you lose your brain, you go find yourself another job. And secondly was, no backdooring. If I catch you uh, backdooring, meaning that you are in an adulterous relationship with the wife of one of our special forces soldiers, you are history. And uh, in his case, uh, he was uh, found to have not marijuana, but seeds uh, from past marijuana in his desk drawer. So the CID finally uh, uh, called me and said, uh, he will confess, but he's afraid you're going to court-martial him. And I said, I promise you, I'm not going to court-martial him. Well, they called back and said, uh, uh, Colonel, he believe us. He wants to hear from you, but if you will tell him you're not going to court-martial him, he will confess. So being in special forces, uh, uh, you're being tested always. And one of the things you're being tested is your resolve, your mental strength. Uh, any special forces soldier should be able to uh, withstand any CID interrogation. If he can't, what's the Red Chinese or the North Korean uh, going to do with you? And so this guy's name was Vanderpool. And uh, he got on the phone. I said, Vanderpool, I'm not going to court-martial you. You want to confess? And so uh, he did confess. So when Vanderpool uh, got back, uh, I had the sergeant major uh, send him in, and I said, Vanderpool, give me your beret. You need to go find a job somewhere else because you're no longer in special forces. And he said, well, sir, you said you weren't going to court-martial me. I said, I'm not court-martialing you. This is administrative action. I have the power to give, to take away special disqualification. I am removing your qualification at, as a Green Beret. And so I don't have any uh, space for you now. You've got to go somewhere else. So the general was mad because many got a dope. <laughs> And Rolling Stones ran the story because they thought this horrible Green Beret colonel uh, that would uh, destroy a man's career by taking away his military occupational specialty, uh, authorizing a Green Beret, and a jump a parachute slot, this kind of thing. Well, General McChrystal, I think, was smart. He wanted to get fired. And so he called Rolling Stone, <laughs> and they wrote a big story, and he got fired. So I'm, I don't know. I'm on a lot of, of uh, University of Arkansas 
Razorbacks. And they have been the best officers that I have known. That's true. And so when I, I usually have respect uh, for uh, people, supposed to be educated people, they come out of Arkansas. Uh, you have to be careful. Look at Bill Clinton, and there uh, is an example. You know, there, there are exceptions there. But this guy, uh, Clinton uh, Chance, is a, uh, a school board uh, member elected, and uh, he is so dumb in what he has posted on Facebook that I think is like General McChrystal. Obviously, McChance, McCance, C-A-N-C-E, Cance, that Cance wants to get fired. Now, I announced uh, to you last week about this wear purple uh, because there were there have been five uh, teenagers that have committed suicide uh, across the United States, not five all at once in Arkansas, like some people think. Uh, but they have taken their life because uh, bullies, in one case, uh, there was a, a boy and a girl who set up a camera and caught uh, this uh, homosexual uh, young man having a homosexual encounter with another male. And they put it on YouTube. Well, it so embarrassed this person that he uh, jumped off the bridge. He killed himself uh, there on the East Coast. And so uh, there was a move uh, by the gay and lesbian, transgender. I I gave you all the initials that they use uh, to wear purple. And on that day, as a matter of fact, I had my, it was a little chilly because of a cold front uh, come through, lost wages. And so I had put on uh, my purple heart jacket because it's very light, uh, but it's purple. <laughs> and I, I must have been the most politically correct person, and nobody that I saw was actually uh, ogling me or uh, you know, critically viewing me or slapping me on the back. I would have thought something was wrong, but I didn't know I hadn't read uh, wasn't aware about this wear purple and support uh, the uh, the gays who are being, quote, bullied now, which is going to be a term that is uh, going to be like quicksand. It's going to uh, put a great variety of things that weren't is with a bully when you got a boy and a girl uh, who hides a, a camera and catches a a homosexual act. Is that bullying? Uh, you know, maybe. I mean, we're still in the, in the uh, stages. Let me give you the short of this guy, uh, Clint McCants, and uh, then I'll give you some, uh, some idea about it. It says, uh, this is a very short, just a couple of sentences, but it tells you the whole story. Arkansas school official Clint McCants thinks the recent gay suicides resulting from teen bullying are cause for celebration. The Midland School District board member posted the following message 
on his Facebook page in response to last week's Wear Purple. Now, by the way, uh, this is the 28th of October, and so this story is, uh, is current because this organization is still encouraging people to wear purple to support uh, the homosexual, gay, lesbian, transgender, etc. and at all. And uh, here's what he said, quote, Seriously, they want me to wear purple because five queers kill themselves. The only way I'm wearing it for them is if they all commit suicide. I can't believe the people of this world have gotten this stupid. We are honoring the fact that they sinned and kill themselves because of their sin. Really, people. Now, uh, I think this. I go back to comment I made about Bill Clinton. At the time, there were a lot of people uh, that were trying to cover up uh, for Bill Clinton. He made the statement, I did not have sex with that woman. He took an oath to God when he testified and again said he did not have sex with that woman. And then uh, when the dress was produced and when she testified and when Bill Clinton was completely painted into a very small corner, uh, he finally admitted it. And people across America said, well, that's what he does in his private life, even though he did it uh, in the White House uh, when he was supposed to be on duty, uh, if you can count daytime in the office uh, as a time that he was uh, in an official capacity. And uh, they said that's his private business, and what he does in his private life shouldn't make any difference. Well, I disagree 100%. If you are a Supreme Court justice, then uh, it's not in your private life if you go out and do things that uh, are against the laws of this nation. If you are president of the United States, you don't uh, have adulterous relationships with young interns in the way that Bill Clinton did, and then lie about it uh, to the American people. And have we forgotten about this? I mean, a lot of people, because of the excuse-making, he is the president of the United States. How do we tell our teenagers not to lie? How do we tell our teenagers when they say, well, the president does. Well, the president uh, has this uh, particular uh, way of uh, having sex uh, with uh, a person that he's not uh, you know, married to. Uh, well, the president, yeah. I mean, what kind of an example 
is that as president of the United States, everything that you do, uh, we have this guy who's running as a Republican, the governor, uh, running for governor of the state of New York against Cuomo, the liberal Democrat, who is the current attorney general. But the fact is that this Republican, I could not vote for him. He sends things uh, to his friends uh, showing uh, women committing uh, you know, sodomy with animals, and he laughs about it and says, well, my friends are kind of a tough bunch, and so this is funny to us. Not my governor. <laughs> this is not funny. And so what this guy has done is, as an elected school official, he has talked about uh, school affairs. And he has been uh, quite graphic and overly insulting in his choice of words. Now, you know me. I'm not a supporter of homosexuality. But the point is, is that this is a measure for God and, in some cases, government. Government has legally and lawfully, through the United States Congress, ruled that you cannot be openly homosexual and serve in the military. Well, this one judge came along and thought she would change all of that, but now... Uh, while the Secretary of Defense, Mr. Gates, a Republican, and while Obama is saying, now, you, all of you homosexuals out there, just hold your breath a little while. I'm going to do this, but I, I have to wait until the Pentagon tells me that they have uh, got their impact uh, study uh, prepared. Obama is mealy-mouthing. Uh, he is. Uh, he has a large uh, section uh, that uh, keep him that made put him in office that are homosexual. Now, I personally think this is something between God and the person. As a therapist, I have the experience to tell you, I don't think you're born that way. Now, Obama has said, well, some people are just born different than others. No, you have experiences. You can be, when you're born, there are things that can happen to you that imprint uh, your subconscious mind that tries to keep you alive. Because if you are uh, a little baby and you cry too much, uh, look what happens. We have adults that have no tolerance. Uh, they smother you. They smash you against the wall. Uh, they throw you in trash cans. And so somewhere along the line, uh, you need this uh, superego that says, uh, don't cry too loud. Well, it's the same way uh, when a, uh, a human being through their life uh, is led to believe it is not all right as, for example, a male, to be desirous or to look at or touch a female because of things that happen to you. Now, uh, your uh, 
conditioned, and it's like brainwashing. You are conditioned to react in a certain way. The next thing you know, you are a homosexual because that is, through your experience, the safe thing to be. Well, is this something that we kill people for? Uh, no. Is this something that a person kills themselves for? There is therapy available, and you can do it spiritually as a Christian, I believe. But you certainly, there. as a therapist, I know that you can uh, get to the bottom of this where it doesn't become a suicidal issue. So uh, I think this guy did wrong. I think that, like McChrystal, he's looking to be fired, and I think he needs to be fired. But, of course, the homosexual special interest groups uh, will play this card for a long time to come. Fearless men hey, guys. Who jump and Five days. their body needs water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Food prices going up. 
unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas, that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Welcome to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast. A one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Welcome to Mission Watch Live, another Messiah's Branch National Satellite Radio Program. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is October 29, 2015. with Mission Watch Live, we are warning the world as it happens. If you need help with anything after this program, please call me. If you need a prayer, you can call me for that also. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. 620-878-4682. In an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. And there is another way that you can do a prayer request. And I really like this way. You can send me a letter in the mail, and you know what I'll do with it? I'll take it to our mission church, and when we have our prayer circle during uh, after service, then we will anoint it with oil, and we'll lay hands on it and pray over it. We'll send it back to you, if you, of course, if you have the address on it. And that's at no cost to you. Or you can send me an email with your return address, email, not email address, but, you know, physical address, and we'll anoint it, pray over it, and send it back to you. Okay, that's just one way that we try to be here for you. You can always find updates of the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address, and all that information is at our blog, which is prophecyhour.com. Prophecyhour.com is like a hub for our ministries. You can find the radio program archives. You can find the latest news articles, links to some of our guests, and so on and so forth. Go over and check out prophecyhour.com. Now, now this is something new. 
If you're a regular listener to this program, you know how strongly I believe that we should have a stock of food. I have never pushed buying from any one certain company. In fact, I've always said, you know, going to the store and just added, adding extra things is always a good thing. But, you know, buying storage food is also a good thing. And so I've been looking around in it because there's so many people that are selling it. And I thought, well, um, maybe I should look for the best one uh, out there that I could find. Anyway, I found the best one that I can see so far is Wise Foods. And you can find a link to them at ProphecyHour.com that I just put up there and a phone number. In fact, I suggest if you, you, you can go take the link and go over and browse with them. But you can always spend a few minutes on the phone with them without any obligation to buy. And their phone number is 855-977-9844. That's 855-977-9844. And the reason I'm giving you that phone number out and telling you to go to our site and do it, because uh, when I was checking them out, they said that if uh, somebody bought through our site, that there would be a percentage that would go to Messiah's branch. So if you're already buying storage food, I don't want you to go buy beyond your means or anything like that. And like I say, you already know that I believe in storage food. So, uh, But if this way, if you're already buying and it's a good company, well, then keep buying from them. But if you're looking for someplace, why not buy it through Messiah's branch? Because then the homeless and poor will get a little bit of that money um, for the Wichita Mission Church. Anyway, now a prayer, and we'll bring on tonight's guest. Dear Heavenly Father, and you show how much he is name, I pray. Father, I really pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will, nor guest will. So please, Father, make this radio program give everyone a blessing tonight, and please give everyone out there ears in which to hear the truth. In your son's name, Yeshua HaMashiach, amen and amen. Well, is America about ready to fall? There's sure a lot of people that have recently been saying it or been saying it all along. Should we worry about Russia now being over in the Middle East? If America is falling, should we leave? That's a good question. Should we leave America? What if you're poor, living paycheck to paycheck? I've always said if someone says we're not, we're supposed to do this or that, if the poor aren't included in the way of safety, then I just don't see it, as the poor will inherit the earth. Well, tonight's guest calls himself a watchman, as he explained in Ezekiel 33. He has a website called The Watchman's Cry. He lists many dreams and visions over there, and I strongly suggest that you go over and check it out. Um, so let's bring him on. We'll talk to him, and we'll see what he has to offer. Welcome, Watchman Nathan Leal. Are you there with me, Nathan? Thank you, Pastor Dan, for having me. Uh, do I sound okay? Is, it, is the volume okay? Yeah, the volume that I was a little yeah. bit off. You, 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 sound, you sound just well, fine. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. This is my first time to be on your program, so I appreciate uh, your invitation to come on and well, share. I, amen, amen. Um, while uh, I found you on the Internet, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself or how, you, how did you become uh, to get a calling to be a watchman? Well, I I cut my teeth on the, in the Assemblies of God. I'm an old-fashioned Pentecostal guy at heart, and I I uh, God saved me out of the world from the '70s rock and roll era, and I got saved in the early '80s, uh, 1980. And from that point, it's been almost 35 years. I went to uh, Assembly of God Bible College. I was in Assembly of God ministry, but then uh, because of we don't see eye to eye anymore, the things have changed, uh, Pastor Dana. And most of your listeners know this, that 
the church, something happened over the years that the church no longer resembles what it used to. I remember in the old days where on Sunday night people would show up at church and, and the pastor would preach, and then the people would go to the front and pray around the altar and linger and seek God and repent and just maintain their walk with him. And today it's, uh, it's a lot different. So anyway, over the years God worked and was dealing with me that he wanted me to change the direction that I was going and through a, a few course of events almost 10 years ago where God purged me. I went through a time in my life where I was crippled for a few years. I couldn't walk. But it was during that time I, I was in financial ruin. I was at the very bottom of the barrel. So I knew what poverty and all that was like. My family and, and I, we, we endured it. But God saw us through. But during that, during that season, out of it came a new gift that had, I had not had before, and that was the, the ability to, or prophetic dreams and visions had never happened to me until I went to my purging. And then from time to time, God has since then given me glimpses, prophetic dreams, and, and visions. And so Watchman's Cry was born out of that, so I started sharing what I saw. And some of them have begun to happen. Some have maybe partially happened. Some have happened, but a lot of them have not yet. And it's kind of, that's the way it is that God will show and reveal things that it's in the future. And, you know, Pastor Dan, I know that this gift that I'm sharing, a lot of people have a problem with it if their theology has not been exposed correctly to it, because God is doing a very, very unique thing right now. He's showing prophetic glimpses to a lot of, of his people, a lot of his remnant to moms and dads and children and, and young and old. And that's fulfilling what the Bible tells us. In the last days, he'd pour out his spirit. But God is doing that, especially here in America, to warn a lot of folks the things that are coming. So it's mm -hmm. amazing. If anyone goes to YouTube and you just type that in, Prophetic Dream America, a lot of people are having the same dreams about the right. same topic. And, and we're, they're seeing the same events coming, and, and the events have to do with America going through some hard times. And, right. and it... I've been able to break them down into four categories. Let me break in for a second. I'll make a couple of small comments. <clears throat> but the program, after all, is for people to hear you and not me. Um, anyway, uh, first I just wanted to say something about the churches changing, you know. Um, in so many churches nowadays, instead of, like you say, they linger around and they're looking for repentance and, and blessings and, and, and uh, make their walk closer. That's what we do at Messiah's Branch. But so many... Um, they have they build on like coffee sh shops, you know, right inside the church. And as soon as they get done with things, they run to the coffee shop, and they're they're more liable to talk about the latest game or fantasy football or something else than talk about uh, repentance and being saved. Key word here is repentance. The other thing you said about uh, your walk, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I came out of the world, I was broken, and I laid on the floor for almost uh, two years because of a bad back and everything, and. And uh, during that period of time also was when I received my calling. So, amen, or walks a lot like there. Um, but this other thing, you know, about dreams and visions, you know, I, I strongly agree with you about that, uh, that, about, you know, different people seeing the same things. But, you know, it's what so many people are sitting there waiting for the latest great author to come out with a book or something, you know, before they see something. But it's the common people the poor people and, you know, the, the normal people, let me say that, normal people that where I know God, the fa our Father, is going to talk to. What do you say? 
It's the poor. Jesus tells us over and over, Pastor Dan, it's the poor that are invited, that answered the call, the invitation to come to the wedding, because the others were too busy. And that's what <laughs> Jesus' kingdom is about. It's the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit and those, because the other people that are too busy and they, they're attached to the world and they're anchored and they're, they have this chain around them because of whatever right. is attaching them to the things of this life. But it's the poor when God strips us and strips a person of things that at first they put a lot of faith in and hope in. But when God strips a person from that, just like the prodigal son, when you're finally feeding the swine and the pigs, you see things different. You see what's really important, the things that once were taken for granted, then God brings us back and, and reveals. And, and that's the theme that we can see in the end times, trial, refinement. But it's the poor that, that are going to be used in, in this end time harvest. Amen. And that's I, exciting. I, I, that, that's really exciting. I totally agree because, really, and I'm not picking on anybody that has money out there. It's okay to have wealth as long as your heart and spirit's in the right place. But, you know, the point is, is and I said this to you earlier on the phone, um, I think, is that, you know, the judgment that's coming is because of the elitists and the people that are higher up that have money and don't have time for our father. The reason I believe that they will bring that God will bring judgment on America first is, you know, first He does it to bring, to get our attention. Uh, you know, you witness that you say during your purging, well, when He took everything away, then He got your attention, right? Well, when He took everything away from me and put me on the floor, He got my attention. These people are are out there; they're so busy running around, doing everything, constant entertainment. They're not hearing from God because they're not giving him any time. They're not giving any, our Father any time. And if you don't give time to hear him, how can you hear him? Back to you. You know, Pastor Dan, the loudest volume that I have ever heard God's voice was when I was in my sick bed or when I was on the ground just because things weren't how I expected. And that's what God has to do with a lot of us because it, it's just like, well, it, it's, it's uh, I guess, I when I preach sermons, I use a lot of illustrations, and Jesus also did the same thing. The crust that God talks about a lot, breaking up the fallow ground, that crust is pretty much on most people, even Christians, and God sees that when a person comes to him, yes, their, their spirit is sealed and they're redeemed, but then he has to start working on their, their, their mind. we got to renew our minds, and the renewing of the mind process entails that God will have to at times purge us or, or get rid of things in our lives. But there's a layer of crust over a lot of people because of things that have happened in the past. And that layer of crust has the ability or, or the tendency to, to, uh, to uh, filter out the voice of God. So when God purges us, he takes his hammer, his, his divine hammer, and he starts banging and whacking on it to break that crust. But that, that part of the, the uh, walk hurts when we're being purged, yeah. but it works a, a great thing for us because then the crumbs fall off, the, the, the layer of crust falls off, yeah. and then we can hear his voice better. So a lot of your listeners that may be going through trials right now and they're wondering, does God love me? Does he care about me? Why is all this happening? Well, I just want to say, listener, to be an encouragement, God's doing that to his people that he loves. He's doing that to his remnant because he is going to do a great work in you and use your circumstances to bless other people and to minister to others. That's the way he does it. And that's what's well, exciting is that we all have a chance, yeah. Pastor Dan, to be used. Amen. And, you know, boy, you, you, hit, you hit something right there that, that is really uh, in my heart, something I know, is that 
um, you know, you see these people going through life, and they say, well, I'm a Christian, and it seems like, well, nothing ever touches them, you know what I mean? And you look at their life, and it seems like a worldly life, but it seems like nothing ever touches them. And then you see people that you really know have a connection to the Father, you know, and really hear in the Spirit, you know, and they maybe have it. And you see the road is not a straight, nice, paved road. You know, it's hilly and rocky, and it's up and it's down. But you know what? That's because he's putting them in the fire because he loves them because he wants to make them like him so that when he returns that we can reign and rule with him. And so that's incredible, and we see it right in front of our eyes. What do you think? You know, Jesus illustrated this in the gospel so beautifully in one of the accounts where he told the disciples, he was at the Sea of Galilee, and he said, I want you guys to go to the other side, get on the boat and, and go to the other side, and I'll meet you there. I've got to do some praying. So the, the disciples got on the, on the boats, and they, were, they had their oars, and they were trying to get to the other side. But while they were in the water, of course, the contrary winds came, and they were having trouble. And it says, if you look in the Scripture how it illustrates it, they were there all night long trying to get to the other side because the winds and the, and the waves were choppy. And they were getting concerned and worried, and they were wondering, well, are we all alone? Jesus left us. Where's Jesus? And the thing that's real interesting is when you read the account, Jesus was on the shoreline, and he could see them the whole time, because if you've been to Israel, the Sea of Galilee, you can see almost across mm-hmm. in a lot of parts. So Jesus was on the shore watching them the whole time. So when we're in the boats going on, on our mission and we're doing what Jesus tells us to do, the contrary winds will come, but he's going to be on the shore, and he'll be watching us, so it's going to be okay. And then when it gets too rocky for us, he'll walk on the water, and he'll come and rescue us. So that's yeah. the other great thing about God. He's Amen. there for us when we need him. That's a great encouragement. That's a great encouragement. And that is, and that is the absolute truth, you know. Um, I, now, you know, that I, there's a saying out there where I say, well, you know, the the, the the Lord will never put on me more than I can handle. You know, I do truly believe that. But I got to throw this in in memory of my uh, mother-in-law, which I called mother, and she's passed away now. But she always she'd say that, and she'd say, "But I think he's got me mixed up with somebody else," you know, <laughs> because of everything that she was going through. But the point is, is that um, he is watching us, and he does love us. But he's just trying to strip off these worldly things from us, so that you know we can be with him, and that's just an incredible thing, and we see it now. Um, I'm going to kind of switch over here to your your dreams and visions. You know, I I, uh, I apologize I didn't get a chance to look at most of them until today. And uh, there's some pretty profound things here that you're seeing. What I would like to ask you is that out of these, what do you think is the most important one that we should tell the people about to point them to? Um, back to you. Well, as I was saying earlier in the last in the years that I've been doing Watchman's Cry. By the way, my website is watchmanscry.com. There's not a the in front of it, so it's just a side note. But uh, over the years, as I have been having these glimpses, and I, I also want to say this, and I want to qualify, Pastor Dan, that we have to be very, very careful when we do have a prophetic dream to make sure it's from God and to to run it by others that we trust and some mature believers, because sometimes it can be pizza and we can mistake it. So yeah. it, we have to guard ourselves. And then the other thing that I always like to share, and, and I need to say this too, is that God 
often will give prophetic dreams or just a, a dream to a person that's private for them, and it might be a chastisement type one, it might be corrective, it might be guidance, but it's private, and it's not for everybody. So that also happens, and there's a lot of people, you know, they say God stopped doing that when the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. He doesn't do that anymore. Well, that's real interesting, then how do you explain everyone having them? But aside from that, I don't want to get into the theological argument of them, but I do want to qualify that I do not place every exact guidance on a dream. The dream has to match up with the Word of God. It has to. It cannot contradict the Bible, and it cannot contradict what we know is right. So I, I want to qualify that. But anyway, over the last few years as I've been having these, I've been studying to understand God's judgment just in general, biblically, and the model and the template for God's judgment can be found in Scripture, and we can find it in the Old Testament. He, he goes into this in great detail in Ezekiel and in Jeremiah, Isaiah, in Deuteronomy, Moses explained it, and the, the template has to do with our behavior, and when we look at how God dealt with Israel and how they interacted with him, how they behaved, how they misbehaved, and, and his punishment, we can see the model with Israel, and then when we go to 1 Corinthians 10, it tells us that Israel was our example for us to follow so that we don't make the same mistake and test God and get destroyed by the destroyer, etc., yeah, yeah, like yeah. they did, because they, they didn't have belief. Well, when we look at Ezekiel, there's another template there that explains that the, the judgment can be in four categories, the fourfold judgment. And so I have wanted to, to seek to understand this, so over the years I've written articles about it, I've talked about it, and I've shared, and I, this is still a work in progress. But that being said, when we look at the fourfold judgment that we find in Ezekiel, it's, it's broken down into four categories, and the four categories are, number one, famine. God will break the staff of bread, which means economic hardship or food distribution problems, or maybe there's a drought, but it has to do with famine and the economy, and we see that in the Old Testament happening often. And then the second one is a pestilence, where a disease will come and people will die of disease. Right. And then the other one is wild beast in the Old Testament. Now, that played out with actual animals attacking people, but and I'm going to comment on that in a moment. And then the fourth one is the sword judgment, and the sword one is very, very spooky because what that meant was God would allow a neighbor to come in and invade them and to beat them in war. So and right. so they would either occupy Israel, they would oppress them, they would vex them, make them their slaves, etc. But they'd lost the battle, the war, when they were in disobedience. Now let's bring this to the future, to our time, to the present. When we look at the, the fourfold judgment, how it's going to play out in America, I have noticed that many of the prophetic glimpses and dreams that I, I have had, as well as many other people, can be in those same four categories. So when we look at America, the famine one, we see that as people having dreams that the economy is going to crash, okay. the dollar. Uh, um, I've got to break in. Um, we're going to go to break in less than a, uh, about a minute. Um, this is time for okay. you to give your website and everything and we'll come back and talk but give your website uh, real clear and then we'll go to break come back okay it's watchmanscry.com and i am nathan leal so you can go there and and by the way i'm redoing my website it's going to be in the next week or two it's going to have a whole new look but okay. right now you can go there and still find some of the things that i'm mentioning okay um folks uh, also if you do, if you google nathan leal you know what a lot of times when you google somebody's name you get a whole bunch of names He's the first one up, so and it's it's the Watchman's Cry. But of course, 
if you're going to be listening to this in radio program archives or you just go over to our website, you will find a link to his website in this. And, of course, you can always contact me if you can't find it. We'll be back with more in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. This is Pastor Dan Catlin, and you're listening to Mission Watch Live on the American Voice Radio Network. Folks, please remember to pray tonight about a donation for our work from the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. And wow, man, I feel really bad because you know what I found out today? I have the, you see, I got this mission update group that it's in Yahoo, and for, I've been using it since like 1999. And people, in fact, there's a subscription thing on ProxyR.com. And people put in their email address, and so I send one email out to this group and tell them all about what's going on at the Mission Church and what's going on with our ministry. Most of those people that are on that Mission Updates list are our supporters. Well, I thought this year that, boy, everybody must be broke or really mad at me, and I just found out today that the, uh, and don't laugh, folks, that the uh, list has been well crashed since uh, January. So that all these uh, mission updates that I've been uh, doing since then, uh, there's only been a couple people reading them. So that's why we've had such a hard time. Anyway, so I'm asking for your prayers. Right now I've got somebody working on it so we can get the group open and get, uh, you know, the email addresses. If you're somebody that's on the group, I'm sorry that you haven't got an email from us. And now I understand why our donations, uh, our online donations dropped dramatically this year. Um, so I apologize, but you know, uh, this is uh, like a mom and pop type ministry. I don't have a huge staff or nothing. It's me, and then I've got my my other son helping me now. But uh, of course, my wife helps out at the mission church and everything. But you know, as far as the electronics and everything, uh, that's up to me. And so I just found out about it. So we're hope prayerfully we're correcting it, and prayerfully our donations would will be going back up. Anyway. Support us so we can care for the people that the Father sends us. We get no help from any organized churches or government agencies. It's folks like you that have supported us for now our 16th year to make this mission church work. So why did so many people come to us for help? We're loved. That's the first answer. They're treated as family. We give them a relationship. We don't make them write their name down when they come in. We have no set guidelines like programs. The only programs I have are radio programs. People just walk in the door and ask for what they need. And if we have a way to fill a need, we pray for We give it to them. But if we don't, we pray it in. This is why even the agencies tell their employees about the Father's little mission in church, little mission in church, or whether their employees tell the, the people about it. Anyway, you can see when guidelines stop them from helping, they send people to us. People who have millions of dollars in their budget send people to a place that really has no budget. We are the last hope for so many, and folks, we are responsible to care one for another, as we are our brother's keepers. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the father donors is all donations that come from where? Your heart. 
You can donate online or by mailing a check or money order, and you can find all this information at prophecyhour.com or simply call me at 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. And now we're back having a really good program with uh, a watchman, and his name is Nathan Leal. Are you still there with me, Nathan? I am, Pastor Dan. Thank you. Well, so glad to have you on, and, and I was, we were really getting in, getting interesting, and you were breaking down prophecies and punishment into, or chastisement, I'll call them, into several categories, and let's pick it back up there. Okay, uh, Pastor Dan, I appreciate it, and by the way, a lot of this is explained on my website, and there's articles and things, so people can, this is all based on, it's backed up by Scripture, so okay. just... It has to be backed up by Scripture, and I've been able to do that. So coming to the present now, I, I was saying before the break that the template for how judgment occurred to Israel is in the Old Testament, and when we look at the new, uh, where we are now, Israel was an example for us, for the church, and we see in America God has revealed in the glimpses that I have had over the years, and the ones also that others are having, we can also see the same four categories. So the four categories, as I was stating, are number one, famine, number two, the beast judgment, pestilence, and the sword. Now, let's talk about America. America is going to experience, and it's already started, actually. Phase one has already begun. It started in the crash of, of 2008 in September, when it went down the stock market 777. You remember that? Right. In the, time of Rosh Hashanah. Anyway, uh, it started then. Now here we are on the seventh year. But the famine judgment is going to go to the next level because in Leviticus 26, God states that if they do not repent, then he will increase it seven times worse. And, and so and, and he keeps going up a notch. The, the spanking gets harder and harder, more painful. Leviticus 26 explains this. So in America, we have not repented. We've only gotten worse. Gay marriage has been legalized. All this mess, this nonsense. America is going down the rabbit hole. We have seen the revelation of what Planned Parenthood did with baby sacrifices on the altar of Baal for abortion. So now we have America not repenting, so God's going to take it to the next level. So if anyone wonders if we're going to get rescued by Donald Trump, the answer is (laughs) unless God all of a sudden turns into a liar that his word doesn't, come true and his word is not sound everything god says is going to happen and when god says you better repent or or you're not going to be blessed it's true so america has not repented so donald trump's not going to save us i'll just say that right now and i know that that's not popular because the the right the conservatives and even some remnant listeners and some of my colleagues pastor dan are thinking that he's the rescue and i'm no he's not okay he's not okay so what's coming Famine, ladies and gentlemen, famine's going to come. The dollar's going to crash eventually. And I have seen, Pastor Dan, food prices. I, I have been in some prophetic dreams. I was in a, a Safeway store, and the food went up fivefold. Like a gallon of milk was $20. So, and people were in line for food. I have seen shopping malls that were totally out of business, and the only use for the shopping mall was the government took over to feed people in the food court. I, I've seen that happen. And on October 11th of 2014, I had a prophetic dream where I saw a sign fall out of the sky. It was an electric sign about 30 feet across, 10 feet thick, and it fell out of the sky, and it landed in the middle of a street, and it said Standard Oil on it. Mm-hmm. I was in a downtown area. This is explained on my website. But in this prophetic dream, a sign that said Standard Oil fell out of the ground, or out of the sky, onto, and it crashed on the ground. So oil 
the sign of oil crashed on the ground. That was on October 11th, 2014. Two days later, I went on the Hagman show and I shared with the Hagmans that oil is going to crash because I saw it happen. And also included in that prophetic dream, I saw a rocket fall out of the sky right before that and it shattered on the ground and it was red, white, and blue. So the oil markets for the last year have been going down, as you know and your listeners know. And some people might be saying, hey, this is great. Gas is cheaper. But that is going to play a role in it, it, there's going to be a, a domino effect in the American economy because this let, let is me, laying let off. Me come in. Let me come in. Um, let me tell you something about the oil. And I read that one today, folks, and it is online. You can go read it. I, in fact, I have this page up. Point is, is what I want to tell you, Nathan, is, is the end of people. Folks, I'm not ignoring you. I'm talking to you also. Um, my son, uh, a couple of years ago when uh, fracking, you know, got real big uh, out here, and I live in a really one of the poorest counties in Kansas, uh, and he went to work, and they were hiring all court, uh, kinds of people at the oil company. He was one of their best workers. In fact, uh, you know, they wanted him in as permanent and all that. So after a couple of years, that time period that you're talking about when the oil went down, all the little mom-and-pop oil companies like the one out here in, in Marion County, um, they, couldn't, they couldn't afford that dollar loss in gas. And they, their oil company, the oil company worked for crashed where they laid off all their employees, they got it down to four employees, and then they told the four employees that, well, you're our permanent employees, but we need you to go home for a while until we figure out what we're going to do. And that was, uh, was six months ago, and they haven't called my son back. He's doing something else now. So it has already hurt our economy here, and this is the same picture that's going on in other parts of the country. So, Nathan, that prophecy is already starting to come true, and I'm telling you folks, that it is starting to come true, so you need to go online at watchman's, uh, watchmanscry.com and read the rest of that prophecy because it is coming true as we speak. I stand as a witness to that. Back to you, Nathan. Well, thank you. And, you know, to understand the mechanics, I had an expert in oil. After I, I initially had the prophetic that dream, and I shared it on the Hagmans. I didn't understand all the particulars of how it worked, the oil industry, and then I had an expert in oil. I had a two-hour conversation with him, and he explained to me exactly what you're saying, that the fracking, when oil was selling for over $100 a barrel, there were a lot of people who took loans, and they even had junk bond-level loans with a high rate of return, and some hedge funds and retirement funds invested in these mom-and-pop oil companies expected to get rich off of it, also expecting the oil to maintain its, its uh, sell price per barrel at uh, over $100 a barrel. But when, when the uh, price is now in the 30s, they're upside down, so the loans aren't being serviced, and, and the people who invested are not being paid. And what is, that is doing is the loans are becoming due, and a lot of them are going bankrupt. And this is happening all over the country. And when you look at the crash of 2008, when it first happened, really, Pastor Dan, and you know this, and, and some of your listeners know this too, especially if you live in the south and in the oil area of the country. Right. The, really the only industry that has kept America afloat is the oil part of the uh, economy. Uh, aside from that, manufacturing is dead, and all the other things have, are drying up. So oil has kept us afloat, but now that this is happening, those jobs in the growth, for example, in Houston, Texas, was related in oil, and now they're laying people off. Uh, Slimmerzay and, and Hughes, Baker Hughes and a lot of – uh, uh, Brown and Root, all these other companies, Halliburton, are laying off their employees all the way up to Canada, 
in uh, British Columbia. Um, I'm right. sorry. And uh, so the jobs in, in the oil industry, when I first had this prophetic dream, I pleaded and I told everyone, folks, this is a Joseph dream. If you're in the oil industry right now and you, you're doing well, I, I advise you to do what you can to get ready because you're going to get laid off. So get a store of food, save up your money, don't go crazy. You need to become wise and vigilant because I don't know how much time you're going to have before you're laid off. And that thing's still happening. So we're that's in motion. Now, in addition to the rocket crashing in the dream that I had, I also saw a silo, a grain silo that had a big hole on the side of it that was also a part of this dream, and it was empty. So eventually, Pastor Dan, I see the economy, the famine judgment, fourfold judgment is going to play out in America. And during the break, I, I heard that your, uh, one of your uh, sponsors was talking about that, and that's wise. So spiritual preparation, but also the Joseph preparation of common sense and physical makes it's just wise. So, ladies and gentlemen, do what you can to continue your preparation. Now, okay. that's the first category, famine. The other category is, is a, a, there's three more, the pestilence, the sword, and the beast judgment. Let's talk about pestilence. That will be in disease, and that will play out in the future. We had a few dry runs with that, a few scares with the swine flu and, and Ebola. But as this thing progresses into the future, we're going to have some pestilence. It's going to run rampant. It's going to scare a lot of people. And what we're going to see, eventually, people are going to fall and succumb. So that one's in the future, too. The, the next two, the sword. Now, this one, I have been talking about this for years, Pastor Dan, because I have had prophetic dreams. I have seen Russian troops invading America with Chinese troops. I have seen them occupying. I, I have seen people standing in a line in a small rural towns with Russian troops keeping them in line, and they, had, they were forcing all the citizens of the city to register. So the Russian troops were in, and I don't know what town it was, but they were poking and prodding and, and shoving. And then I also saw Chinese troops doing the same thing. I've seen them in churches, in, in Bible colleges, Chinese troops controlling the churches, controlling Bible colleges, controlling government. So that is going to be the future of America. And when, when I was talking about this years ago, and I'm not the only one, by the way. Henry Goover's been doing this for a long time. There are others, Dimitri Dudeman, there are others. I'm not the only one. I'm just one pea in the giant pot of, of, of people. So, so okay. a lot of people are seeing the same things. Let me, let me throw something in there real quick. Um, you know, uh, and absolutely, I, I don't know how, I used to think real clearly on how Dudeman and some of the others fit in, but it, I do believe Dimitri Dudeman, and I do know, and I know Henry Groover personally. I've met Dimitri Dudeman. Um, you know, my point is, is, is yes, they have dreams that are very similar to you and what you're talking about. And I do agree that those are all valid because you said it established it by more than one witness. I just don't know of a time frame or anything like that. You, you know exactly. what I'm saying? The, the logistics mm -hmm. of it. Okay. Having said that, we looking at right now, uh, something that's very prophetic that so many Bible teachers are ignoring. Number one, all the slaughter going on in the Middle East. But when we've seen Russia come down and join up with Iraq and join up with Syria and making and joined up with, with uh, you could even call him a king of the East, to join up with the Chinese uh, that all are there in the Middle East and all have made alliance, and even like and Iran and Iran today, Persia, you know, it's saying that they're now going to move fleets to the Atlantic Ocean. 
these people are all getting in preparation to, they believe that at one point they are going to have to fight the United States. And while I keep very well up on the news, in fact, I was recently delivering the news twice a week to the Prophecy Hour or uh, Prophecy Club radio program, um, I keep a very close eye on the news, and you can find that news at prophecyhour.com. But my point is this. I've been watching the Russians for a very long time, and all of these people are making a uh, preparedness to fight the United States. And anybody that, that, if you don't see it, you need to pray for the veil to be lifted from your eyes because it's there and it is plain as day. Um, back to you. Pastor Ben, amen. It's, it's, I, I saw the dogfights of the Russian planes fighting our American Air Force planes over Colorado. I, I saw them hit NORAD with, with missiles. And I've seen some cities go up. I've seen Seattle get hit. I've seen, and so, as well as others. And when I mention Seattle, people get scared and they go, well, I live there. Well, I don't have a time frame, and I don't know the timing of this, but I understand Henry Gruber also saw Seattle get hit. So uh, there's other cities as well, and I don't want to go into all the details of that. But my point is that the sword judgment is going to play out because America has not repented. And then the final one, Pastor Dan, and, and then I, I want to segue in the remaining minutes that we have, is the beast judgment. In the Old Testament, we saw the beast judgment in actual animals. When we move forward to the New Testament, and even in the book of Revelation, we see the beast, it's called the beast, end-time beast, powered by Satan. So it's going to play out in the uh, spiritual realm. The beast is the, the spirits of the underworld that are going to be loosed and allowed for a season to, to vex the world and the, the citizens of the world. And that right there, Pastor Dan, is the number one reason that Christians and remnant believers and those who have the eyes to see and that can receive this understand that there are no bullets that can fight this. This, See, the other ones you can kind of fight. The, the sword judgment, people say, well, I, I have my, my guns and butter. I'm ready for them, for the Russians. But how do you fight an invisible force? So right. that's where Jesus comes in. The blood of Jesus, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. So that's the homework for all of us is to make sure that we're maintaining our walk with God and strengthening it and, and working on, the, on those strongholds and, and those weights that hold us down. We need to work on those. And, Pastor Dan, I know it's not easy living in, in Babylon and in Egypt. It's hard. Right. I know it is. It's, not, it's difficult because human nature and then the temptations. But, ladies and gentlemen, in, in this day that we're in, we're in and in this late hour, the motivation for you to, to step it up and to get rid of the strongholds and the vices has to do, it's bigger than just ourselves, Pastor Dan. It's for our family members and our loved ones. So if, if a person's listening and they're a mother or a father and they have children living in their house, we have to be the priests over our, our family and over our house, and God gives us that responsibility because of the invisible forces. And he will give us the tools that we need to protect us, Psalms 91, protection, but it's homework. And Psalms 91 says, he that dwells there. It's not just a, uh, a proclamation or a poster or a bumper sticker or a T-shirt. Psalms 91 is a lifestyle of dwelling in the secret place, yeah. which means Amen. we have to learn to pray and, and to develop the discipline of, of our walk with God. So, let me say this, and then, then I'll, I'll, I'll let you take it up. Um, we, you know, that's, and that's what we kind of talked about over the phone, and I've seen there was a really good article at your website um, and uh, I don't know, remember what you call it. Should we leave America? I think it is. 
And there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, well, you sh- there's a time when we're going to leave America. But how does a poor person leave America? How does somebody that's tied up in just day-to-day leaving, living, or leave America and let alone find a safe place in another country that already hates Americans? How does that happen? Um, so I don't see any scenario that works unless the scenario includes his people, the poor. So the secret place is in Psalm 91, as you say, and it's not in this elitist, let's get out of here mentality. I do believe, folks, that, that if you have that relationship, that's where the safety is. And through that relationship, he will tell you how to prepare back to you. Pastor Dan, thank you for bringing... Okay, the last two, three, four years, my wife and I wrestled because that was the popular theme, you got to leave, you got to leave. But we examined it, we researched, and there's a, a discipline of research, and people that do go through that discipline of the research will find out that it is not easy to leave America, even though people say it, get on a boat and go, but here's, this is the deal, though. Once you arrive in the destination country, there are rules, there are visa rules, there are migration rules, and most countries of the world, unless they're third world like Somalia or, or Yemen or something, they don't want us. They don't want migrations. They don't want welfare cases. It's not easy to leave without money. If you're on a fixed income, if you're a retiree, there are very strict, stringent rules. So what I concluded, Pastor Dan, and I talked to my family. I have teenagers and, and older young adult children. I said, you guys, do we leave or do we, do we stay, and, and, and what, what is the will of God? And, Pastor Dan, I believe that since there are a lot of people that will never be able to leave because they just can't, they're going to need people to minister to them. They're going to need pastoral uh, leadership and, and those who are mature in the faith to minister to the hurting. So that's why God won't let me leave. I have to be here to minister just like you. There's people that live under bridges. How can you leave them? How can you put a bandage on someone from South America? You can't. So I I don't think that there's a blanket free pass to everyone that you get to go because what about the millions that can't go? Well, Nathan, what if that means you have to die? Are you going to see the fireworks? Well, if that's how it is, then does this sound... It's just like giving up, Pastor Dan, but ministering yeah, to the hurting and the wounded. What greater love is there than to do that for, for the there kingdom of no God? Great, there is no greater thing than to lay our lives down for our brethren, for our brother. Um, my brother, it, it's like this. You know, I know that I just, I, I know in my heart of hearts, I know that I, what I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be ministering clear up until the time he comes back or he takes me off the planet. Um, I don't feel in my heart to, to leave. On the other hand, he did move me. I'm 60 miles away from Wichita where we have our mission church where we take care of homeless and poor. Not just people sleeping under the bridge, but people from all over the city come for miracle prayers and for food, clothing, all kinds of things. And some of them do have roofs. But the point is, is this, is people like, and I don't like to point a finger at myself, but people like me that are strong in faith are there and are needed there. And so I, I don't see the exit. Let me go with this, too. These people that I minister to, just because I, I know this as a witness, because I see so many of them that are broken and been, everything's been taken from them, and when they finally turn, then a lot of them, then they'll turn their life over to the Father, they'll ask for that miracle prayer, and then he'll lift them up. But he was trying to get their attention. And so, you know, that's where it goes. Of course, not everybody in a bad situation is there because God put them there. Sometimes people just make stupid choices. But my, our spirit, there's so much that I, I like about you, Nathan, because we believe so much alike. 
We only got about a minute and a half left. I'll let you finish it and give final thoughts. You got about a minute and a half. Okay, thank you, Pastor Dan. As I said, I'm an old-fashioned Pentecostal Holy Ghost guy from the 80s. Um, Three weeks ago, I had a conference with uh, Brother Michael Snyder and and Benjamin Baruch together in Sandpoint, Idaho, and the Holy Ghost showed up. It was so powerful. The Oath Keepers were there to protect us for our security, and there was 24 of them, and half of them were at the altar weeping before God. The the Holy Ghost anointing was so powerful. I'm having another revival service in in two weeks in in, the here where I live in northern Idaho, so if someone is in the local area and you can attend, go to my website, watchmanscry.com, and there's a banner that says Revival Encounter, and register for it so I can have a head count, and we're going to have church in two weeks. It's going to be great. Well, that's, that's fantastic. And as I, I told you earlier, Michael Snyder will be back on with, will be on with us in, an hour after this program's done at 7 Central, and I will tell him that you said hi. Um, he's a real blessing, um, and you've been a blessing to be on this program. Uh, my question to you, and I'll ask you in front of all these witnesses, you come back on and do it again? Oh, yes, sir. Any invitation? Well, amen. All right, so we'll get a, I'll get in touch with you, and we'll set up a date. And uh, I re- like I say, I really like your, your spirit, and I believe that your prophecies are true. You've showed our radio people that are listening tonight. You show them that some of them are coming true, even now as we speak. So, brother, you be blessed. Uh, I'm going to have to say goodbye and shalom to you, and that's watchmanscry.com, folks. Goodbye and shalom. Thank you, brother. All right, be blessed. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, um, That was, like I say, that was uh, Watchman Nathan Lee. And, uh, Lee, it's like this, folks. Um, watchmanscry.com. Go look at his prophecies. See what it is. Um, and remember, not all prophecies come instantly true. We're still watching the prophecies from the Old Testament play out right now. And the Old Testament, folks, is the Holy Scriptures. They have not been done away with, so you really need to study them. Amen and amen. And for the record, uh, just be a blessing to others. You must remember, folks, though, there really is only one God, and that's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repented sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That was the sign when he was asked, what sign is given? And he said, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The sign of Jonah, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be there three days and three nights. Through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's like praying for Messiah's return. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you, and is gracious to you, and gives you peace like no one or nothing else can. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Food prices going up 
homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Or simply call 316-619-4886. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. 
Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. Well, here we are in Herb Talk, and we're here to empower you. That's what we like to do. Magical engineer Frank and I are ready to roll, and thanks for joining us here on the American, <coughs> excuse me, the American Voice Radio Network. All right, we're going to be talking about the elderly a little bit today. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I kind of grew up with my grandparents around a whole lot, so I'm really sympathetic to the elderly, and, and um so we're going to talk about some things that we can do to help them and improve quality of life and reduce their falls. They fall way too much. Also, we're going to be talking about the brain a little bit tonight. And if we get time, we may talk about some viruses that um, we can deal with for the flu season, cold winter months. we got lots to talk about. but And we got a quack report. But before we get all that stuff going, I want to say a big salute and semper fi to our righteous men and women in uniform. And, yeah, as you know, I seek the Lord's face every day. Pray, hit the knees. Um, Yes, Frank, are we on? Okay. Uh, Well, let's just get to, I guess, without further ado, let's let's do the quack report. Back, 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 back
Becca, 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 Becca. Oh, yay. We heard the quackers. Great. All right. So uh, here's something that's interesting. The American Cancer Society has uh, reversed some of their guidelines when it comes to women getting the mammogram, the early screening supposedly for breast cancer. We've heard some things about this, that it's really not healthy for you to do that. But according to the Cancer Society, now instead of getting your you know, annual mammograms at 40, they've pushed it back to 45. So women start at 45 is when they want you to go get, you know, irradiated there. Um, so new suggestions, they say, is more in line with the U.S. government panel. But they say ultimately women uh, should have more accurate information on their individual risk, you know, their whole situation there, and uh, hopefully avoid breast cancer. Hey, uh, radiation is radiation. Small doses accumulate in the body can give you put you at risk um a lot of medical science has even said mammograms maybe not so good so do your homework first last but not least in the quack report uh plague the black plague is in the news um apparently scientists um this is a a report uh, that's published in the journal of cell scientists have traced the black plague to the bronze age apparently um they went and they dug up some old bodies and analyzed the DNA in their teeth. The oldest, the oldest body was over 5,000 years old. Uh, so the bubonic plague, they said, spreads through fleas, infected fleas. And um, researchers at the University of Copenhagen say the plague may have shaped early human populations. Uh, so we down through the ages, um, uh, 500. A.D. killed about 25 million. Then the um, Black Death hit China in 1300 uh, and uh, claimed half the lives. Up to half of them were Europeans. And then the modern plague of China in the 1860s, 10 million people died. So um, not a good thing. But you know what? There's an ancient old herbalist plague formula that herbalists in towns that made that formula had low or no mortality rates from the plague. So guess who has that? Thepowerherbs.com. Check it out. It's called All-in-One. And that wraps the quack report. Thank you, Frank. All right. We're going to be talking about preventing age-related injuries you know, premature death of the elderly. Um, you know, uh, we have to look after grandma and grandpa. We do. And our, our aging relatives. You know, each year over 2 million elderly fall and they suffer an injury. Uh, every 13 seconds, uh, an aged person suffers a fall. And um, hospital stays due to falls double the length of the stay and it increases their risk of premature death. You know, they tend to get pneumonia and stuff like that. Nearly 10,000 people die from a fall every year. So doctors often explain that it's because, you know, we're getting older. Blame it on getting, you know, old age. You know, we get less flexible. Our balance isn't as good. But, you know, that's not how it's supposed to be. It does not have to happen uh, due to old age, um, due to lack of mobility, causing us to be stiff and uh, lose our balance reflex. Um, you know, affects our mobility, really does. You know, hospital stays due to falls double and increase the risk of premature death. And so we're going to take a look and see how we can kind of 
you know, better this situation. First, let's get some more statistics on falls. According to the statistics, more elderly females fall than males. And we're told that the older the female gets, her risk of suffering a fall increases. So with falls, when they occur, over half of the patients usually repeat a fall, have another fall within six months. So the age group with the most falls is anyone over 65 and is often the cause of death. Mm. So one in 50 falls are going to produce a hip fracture, and one in four die from this injury within six months. So falls severely impact the mobility of the elderly, and less mobile means more vulnerable uh, and more health complications. So let's do something about that. First off, I want to look at the drugs, the medications that promote falls. Oh, yeah. According to the Journal of the American Geriatric Society, there are several medications that the elderly are on that increase their risk of falling. And, for instance, reports suggest that if patients are on four or more medications, it will increase their risk of having a fall. So medications for things like depression and antipsychotic medications are at the top of the list. So when patients try to come off of these types of medications, guess what? The, their risk of falling is reduced. Yeah, there's a reduction in falls. Also on the list are blood pressure medications. So drugs for low blood pressure can cause dizziness. Other medications or, uh, or the over-the-counter thing, drugs are, um, well, they can double the chance of the fall, such as uh, high blood pressure meds, uh, various cardiovascular drugs like the beta blockers, the diuretics, and the antiarrhythmia medicines. Also anti-seizure drugs, antihistamines, insomnia medications, respiratory, and bladder medications, as well as diabetic drugs, can increase the risk of falling. So why do medications promote falls? You ever wonder about that? Well, I did. According to the medical science, prescriptions and some over-the-counter meds can block brain chemical activity like acetylcholine signals and cause us to um, have unwanted effects like blurred vision or increased heart rate, confusion, or even a sedation effect. So we have like 43 million Americans over 65. Now the U.S. Census projects that number is going to be 83.7 million over the age of 65 by the year 2050. So half of them take drugs for bladder conditions. 20% of the elderly Americans are taking antidepressants, um, and that figure is going to jump to 40% if they're in a facility like a hospital or a nursing home. Approximately 12% of the elderly can't sleep, so they take insomnia medicines, and about 18% are taking meds for respiratory conditions. So according to U.S. News, the most expensive drugs that the elderly are taking are the metabolic disorder drugs, the heart medicines, drugs for nervous system and digestive disorders, as well as respiratory prescriptions. Mm. But there is some good news. There is some good news. When elderly are more active and take calcium and vitamin D supplements, they seem to improve their balance and muscle function, and it reduces the risk of falling by 20%. Wow. There you go. Uh, you can find vitamin D2 uh, in your foods, like your fatty fish, your oily fish, like sardines and mackerel and salmon. Word, get that fish going. And, of course, if you're getting calcium, make sure you get it from plants not from animal products. 
Uh, so uh, horsetail herb, um, lobelia, those are some uh, really uh, good ones to get. If you're looking for a calcium liquid, the folks at Apothecary Herbs have it in a calcium liquid. So um, let's uh, one little word here on movement, improving our coordination and movement. Because a good prevention program to avoid falls is to keep flexible, be flexible, um, you know, as possible, and, and promote a, a good, healthy lifestyle and a good balance reflex. Uh, and you want to be as free of prescription drugs as possible, obviously. Uh, in our 40s, what happens is we start to show signs of aging. With, you know, we have a reduction in energy, we are less flexible, our posture's not as good, we have slower reflexes, our muscles tend to get tight, and our connective tissues tighten as well as we may get some atrophy in the spine. So, you know, we want to start to avoid that. Uh, we don't want to become sedentary and our muscles become less flexible and tighten and then they shorten. That's bad. So if we find we can't lift our arms high enough over our heads or we shuffle when we walk, it's time to make some changes. But hopefully you'll do that before that happens, you know. So starting in your 40s and 50s, it's a good idea to get on a good, healthy regimen. Uh, the lifestyle should be cleaned up and get on that regular exercise. Um, it's going to go a long way to reducing your dependency on medications and your risk of falling. So we, we really shouldn't have this degenerative um, way in our life. So we, we have precautions that we can use to prevent it. Even if we lose some of these functions, we can actually get them back and reduce our risk of falling. So there is a way to improve our range of motion without pain and, you know, put the spring back in our step. And it does not have to involve any high-impact exercise. So I encourage folks to investigate the work of Miranda Esmond-White. Her work is called Classical Stretch, and you'll be amazed what a daily 20-minute stretch routine can do for your quality of life when you are past 50. So it's also very beneficial for younger people. Um, if you have foot, hip, back, shoulder, neck problems, excellent. If you're an athlete, athletes are using this program as well. So I do this exercise every day, and I've actually um, had success in reversing a weakness in my right knee that I obtained from a car accident 35 years ago. So uh, I've also noticed that I don't have to visit my chiropractor as often when I do the stretch routine. So 20 minutes, that's all you got to do. And uh, you'll find classical stretch on the Internet, so just do a search, and you'll find it there. Best 50 bucks you'll ever spend, for real. All right, so what about drug substitutes? Well, everyone should really keep in mind that one prescription medication will cause 100 chemical changes in your metabolism. Two drugs cause 100 times 100 chemical changes, and scientific medicine really doesn't have a clue what those changes will be. So the drugs often leave the patients with rebound effects and worse off than when they started on the medication. So it is, you know, far less dangerous to change the lifestyle and then tap into maybe some medicinal power of God's herbs. For instance, instead of bladder drugs for urgency and incontinence, you know, why not use herbs to cleanse the kidneys and the bladder and get rid of the cause of the problem. Instead of sleep and antidepressant drugs, why not use nutrition to avoid the anxiety and depression in the first place? So in many instances, illnesses 
you know, are caused by a buildup of toxins. And a lot of these organ cleanses can remove the cause of your symptoms in a gentle and effective way. So check it out. You'll be powerful. You'll be amazed. Uh, God's herbs are good. Uh, Thepowerherbs.com, check them out online or give them a call. Ask for a free product catalog. The number is 866-229-3663. 866-229-3663. Or if you're outside the U.S., 704-885-0277. Thepowerherbs. Yep, thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. Hey, by the way, now through the 1st of November. Can you believe it's going to be November next week? Wow. Well, now through the 1st of November, you can save 20%. They have their coupon right there on the homepage. It's BOO, and the number 15, BOO15. Um, you could use that over the phone on your mail order order form and save 20%. So uh, orders over 50 have to have $50 or more to qualify for that, and you can't use it with other discounts. So uh, stock up. This is a good time to stock up on just about anything you need there. All right. Um we talked about the brain. We got a few minutes before we have to take a, a little break here. So we got lots of information on our brain this evening. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an area of the body we have to look after as well. Um, so how many people have problems with memory and cognitive problems? You know, well, there's a long list. Um, it's to be expected, we're told, as we get older. I don't believe it. Medical experts lead us to think that, you know, forgetfulness and confusion, normal signs of aging, just expect it. Well, not me. We hear about pills that help us to remember and how these new drugs will help us to forget traumatic events. Hmm. What can affect our brain's ability to recall memories, recall names of family members and where we live? Are their memory problems uh, even with the youth, and they want to, you know, wipe out memory with these drugs, not me. We're going to look at ways around that kind of stuff. First off, let's talk about the old noodle. Modern science used to think that we were born with all our brain cells and we didn't replace them. The brain didn't regenerate like the liver does. But now science has backpedaled on that, and they say the brain can indeed repair and regenerate and grow new brain cells. In fact, Medicine has documented brain injury cases in which the brain can, in order to get around a damaged area, grows new connections and pathways to reshape the broken network. Hmm. All right, so the human brain is really not high on the list of most people when it comes to, you know, staying healthy, health prevention. You just don't really think about it much. Most people focus on other areas like uh, cardio, their pulmonary, digestive areas, you know, their physique. Uh, Some things that can negatively affect our brain are, well, it's the ability for us to recall information aside from, you know, how old we are. Uh, Some things that affect us that way are alcohol, smoking, medications, head trauma, and, of course, infections. Also, thyroid disease can impact memory Stroke, of course, stress, and sleep deprivation, being depressed, or having a nutritional deficiency in your B vitamins, and also diseases like Alzheimer's. So all those things can impact our brain's efficiency. So let's look at some of the medications, too. 
Most would agree that memory or cognitive brain function is really not inevitable as we grow older. There are plenty of elderly folks that have full cognitive function. They are sharp as a tack. And I had an uncle who could introduce you to everyone at the party, and there was just only a few hundred people there. He knew everybody. Um, he, he, he would take you around the room and introduce you to every one of them. It's amazing what kind of memory he had. He was good with names, um, rarely had any senior moments. Um, so what made him different than others that were his age who kind of struggled to remember their street address or even their phone number? Well, the difference, I think, was he was not reliant on prescription drugs, so so many of his peers were. He was more of a natural guy. He, he did it with food and supplements. So let's look at some of the prescriptions that really can wipe your brain pretty much clean. Uh, prescription medications can interfere with memory, like wiping a slate clean. And I've seen this firsthand on folks taking heart medicines, you know, the blood pressure and the cholesterol drugs. And within a short time, they really have difficulty remembering. Their short-term memory is totally toast. It's just not there. Um, now, other drugs that also affect memory and cognitive ability are your anti-anxiety drugs. Um, and, and, and they're not only used for anxiety, but uh, on antidepressants, they're also used for things like muscle spasms, insomnia, agitation, and seizures, those drugs also. So the problem with these medications is that they tend to build up in your system and cause more serious problems down the road. You can get delirium. Um, you can increase your risk of having an accident. Now, of course, you've probably heard that one class of heart drugs that causes memory problems are the statin, the cholesterol drugs. You may have a friend or family member taking something like Lipitor or Lescol or Mevacor, Provacol, Crestor or Zocor, all these numbers and names. So a lot of them tend to have trouble with memory. Why? Well, these drugs reduce cholesterol, which is necessary for your brain. Your brain has cholesterol. It needs it for connections between nerve cells, which is vital for memory and learning. Uh, you know, if you, want, if you want to have a brain thought, electrical impulse has to jump the synapse, need cholesterol to do that. Now, most folks really don't realize that not all the cholesterol is bad, and the brain is the organ that contains one quarter of the body's cholesterol. And the good news is that your brain... Um, your brain wipe side effect is reversible if you're on those drugs. So when the patient stops taking the drug, according to the Journal of Pharmacology, then the memory comes back. So after um, there was a study the FDA did in 2012 required these drugs to uh, display a warning about the statin drugs causing memory problems. So check your medication carefully. All right, so apparently there is our memory and cognitive problems when we're younger, too. In the new UK study that was published in the Journal of Psychopharmacology, it shows that young folks using street drugs for recreation are impairing their memory. So drugs like cocaine and ecstasy not only produce the brain wipe effect, but it also causes cardiac and respiratory arrest. So the ecstasy drug can actually shut down cognitive abilities shut down speech and spatial tasks. Subjects in the study that were taking these drugs had difficulty planning, organizing, multitasking. And the drugs also seem to affect 
time-based perspective memory in the frontal lobe of the brain dealing with self-awareness. And so they probably have difficulty recalling things and how they actually happened. Other areas of the brain that are affected by these types of drugs involve empathy and also regulate cardiac function. So that's a big problem. Now, there's some over-the-counter medications that also can cause memory issues. Um, Let's see. Products for incontinence usually contain antichloroemetics, which prevent bladder spasms, and they block neurotransmitters in the nerve endings in the bladder wall, so you don't have that urgency. But the neurotransmitters are necessary for memory and cognitive function of the brain, so you probably have brain issues if you're using those drugs. People taking them can suffer from confusion, attention deficit, disorientation, short-term memory problems, and in the case of toxic buildup, the drug can give you delirium and dementia. Mm. So if you suffer from digestive problems and take stomach medications like Pepsid, Tagamet, Xanax, you could have a rapid onset of confusion and delirium because of your intolerance level at, you know, it's different for everybody, and that medication can produce that toxic effect. Oh, goodness gracious. There are herbs for all that stuff instead of taking the risky things like that. There are some other medications that are prescribed that can cause memory problems and confusion. So certain antibiotics, diabetic medicine, cold or allergy drugs, pain medicines, sleep aids, tranquilizers, barbiturates, um, systemic drugs, neurological medicines, and antipsychotic drugs all can mess with your noodle. Oh, man, not a good thing. So, um, you know, the older we get, everybody's just drugged up with stuff. You know, write a prescription. Uh, It seems to me that our older generation gets full of these drugs, and that tends to be the culprit for their memory loss because elderly are usually on several prescriptions, which offer these memory side effects. The main health areas to be really concerned about, which have drugs that are prescribed to cause memory and cognitive disability, are drugs for things like diabetes, cardiac disease, respiratory distress uh, disease like COPD, renal failure, systemic infection, hormone balance, cancer, degenerative eye disease, Many of these drugs have that toxic buildup effect like we mentioned in the tissues and can cause you to have memory problems as well as hearing loss. Mm, I've heard about that on some of the heart patients. They, they have hearing problems. So side effects means another disease. It gives you another disease. Stop the drug. The disease goes away. Isn't that amazing? We got alternatives on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. life into the original medicine. Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. 
As men get older, they are subject to hormone imbalance. And when this happens, men can experience osteoporosis, memory loss, irritability, blood sugar imbalance, weight gain, enlarged prostate, erectile dysfunction, and risk of stroke. The human endocrine system manufactures hormones. Why not feed your system plant nutrition to make the hormones that are right for you? For centuries, these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system. Men, you've waited long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663 where your healthcare options just became endless. Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Henry Ford, the automobile. And herbalist Wendy Wilson? Well, discover for yourself. Listen to Herb Talk Live. Don't make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Is your PSA count high? Half of all men over 50 have an enlarged prostate. You can shrink your prostate without harmful drugs or risky surgery. The secret to healing the prostate is to cleanse the prostate and the liver. Call Apothecary Herbs to ask about the Prostate Kit for a comprehensive way to heal and soothe your prostate. Educate yourself on how easy it can be to disinfect, cleanse, and restore your prostate glands. Call Apothecary Herbs for the Prostate Kit and successfully reduce swelling, inflammation, dissolve stones, and cleanse the blood to obtain the results you need. Money-back guarantee with every purchase. Call the experts in organ cleansing. Call Apothecary Herbs now for the Prostate Kit and empower yourself. Toll-free 866-229-3663 or international callers 704-875-8010. That's toll-free 866-229-3663 or visit the web at thepowerherbs.com.
I'm Arabalist Wendy Wilson, and we're talking about our brain. Uh, there's lots of studies on our brain. Archives of General Psychiatry, for instance, has said that as we get older, it's good for our brain to stay connected and alert with social activities, you know, things that challenge the brain with new things and skills, learn something new. Um, this improves, he says, uh, uh, the researcher, it, it improves and protects the connections between your brain cells. So regular exercise will promote healthy neurotransmitter function as well as serotonin. Uh, according to um, uh, some prevention, uh, the best defense against having to take medications for any diseases, including those with which promote memory loss, is, you know, an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. So plan ahead. Just like we were mentioned with the elderly and falling, you know, in your 40s and 50s, that's the time to get that regular exercise and stretching in. You'll have, uh, you know, you have your fast twitch motor uh, muscles in good shape so you won't be shuffling. You'll be able to, you have a little spring in your step and you'll be strong and your uh, balance reflex will be uh, really top notch. So, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if, if, for instance, I were on prescriptions regardless of memory loss, I would look at some of the natural options and get off those drugs because drug dependency is really not a cure. Um, it's, you know, it's, not a, it's an illusion of health because you're dependent on that drug. So lifestyle changes, maybe some medicinal herbs will go a long way to help the body regenerate, become strong, balance things, heal yourself, um, even reverse some serious issues. So uh, give the folks at Apothecary Herbs a call. Ask them about their product line. They have immune boosters and organ cleansing and some other things that, you know, go a long way to cleanse and nourish the body so it has the opportunity to balance and heal. They get some things out of the way, reverse uh, disease by lifting burden, putting nutrition in. It's very basic, but it's very effective. So give them a call, 866-229-3663. They do have an excellent formula called Brain Concentrate. If there are memory problems, gets more oxygen-rich blood and blood flow and, and um, good stuff to the brain so that you can, you know, have clear thought, focus. Thepowerherbs.com, check it out. All right, let's talk about your brain a little bit more because your brain and your immune system kind of connected. Um, People have heard that their emotional or their mental state can affect their immune system. This is true. So it has been suggested that emotions can lower our immunity. So is there a solid mind-body connection between your brain and your immune function? Can being sad or depressed or under stress, you know, uh, if you suffer a shock, um, maybe post-traumatic stress disorder, can this lower your defenses and make you more vulnerable and you become sick overall, you get frequent colds and flus. Well, scientifically, there's this uh, area called psychoneuroimmunology, or PNI for short. This is a study of the interactions between your nervous system and your immune system. So uh, we're kind of entering the field of neuroimmune system here. So we're going to take a look at it and see what medical science, what the experts are saying. First, uh, some studies. Numerous studies have suggested that we are wired in such a fashion that our emotional health directly reflects our immune system health. So in a study that was done in 2009, 
that was published in the National Academy of Sciences, it found that our nervous system has influence over the manufacturing of our immune system, killer T cells. Now, the killer T cells are made out of white blood cells. They're macrophages, and these are the ones that go around and uh, gobble up your infections. Now, more specifically, the study was suggesting that our nerves can control the antibodies produced by our immune system to fight off uh, infections like colds and flu. So when it comes to viral and cellular antigens, our uh, sympathetic nervous system has, um, it can actually suppress the killer T cells response if we're under duress there. So this nervous system is one of the three parts of the autonomic nervous system located in the thoracic region of the spinal cord. And apparently, if we are not well emotionally, our nervous system can tamper with our immune system response. However, the good news is that the effects are not permanent. So when we get emotionally healthy again, our immune system responds and gets restored to its normal function. Now, another study that was published in the Journal of Neurology in 2007 discussed evidence that there is a broader interaction between immune system and nervous system through shared molecules and common mechanisms which dispatch signals. Apparently, the communication is a two-way street, and the nervous system affects the immune system and vice versa, or both of them get stimulated or both can get suppressed. Therefore, according to that study, if you take immune system suppressant drugs such as, you know, autoimmune or antibiotic drugs, you also suppress your nervous system. So if you take immune system stimulating uh, supplements, maybe some echinacea root, you will also stimulate your nervous system. Uh, Another study that was done by Dr. George Solomon at the University of California School of Medicine and Dr. Robert Adder of the University of Rochester School of Medicine in New York They did some research to see how our bodies react to lupus, which is an autoimmune system disease. They studied mice, and what they found is the brain does does communicate with the immune system, and the immune system responded to chemical signals sent by the central nervous system. Hmm. Well, let's look at another immune system discovery. Apparently, our brain and our immune system connection may be more important than we think. In 2003, a team of scientists from Stanford University were studying how the developing brain establishes a final connection synapse for the nervous system to be able to communicate with other non-neural cells. They were identifying the genes involved in the process when they unexpectedly found a gene for a protein connected to the immune system. And this made them ask, what is an immune system molecule doing in the brain? So it was kind of a stunning discovery. And according to Dr. Ben Bears, a neurologist involved in the study, he says our body is under immune system surveillance constantly. This research confirmed similar findings in 1998 at Harvard University. When they were doing a study, they reported that immune system proteins are present in the surface of the nerve cells in the brain. So the immune system molecules located in the brain do not scout for germs as the rest of the body, you know, you would think, but they influence the strength of signals that are being sent uh, in between brain neurons, okay? 
So the discovery could someday explain more about Alzheimer's, autism, neurological diseases, they think. All right, so the Association for Research, guess what they did? They studied our human thoughts, and where they studied pleasant smells and laughter and how that influences our immune system and our overall health. The study was carried out at Reading University in England, and they found that it only takes 20 minutes for happy thoughts to boost our antibody, uh, antibodies, uh, macrophage count, uh, our immune system, basically, and it remains elevated for at least three hours. So they also researched how the memory of stressful or traumatic thoughts impact the immune system. Understandably, these types of thoughts lowered the antibodies. So, hey, maybe we should turn off the world news, right? It makes you all depressed. All right, the University of uh, Westminster found similar findings. They tested pleasant and unpleasant smells interesting find in their research is that if we smell water, it has the same negative effect on our immune system as if we smelled rotten meat. I wonder what kind of water they're sniffing. But anyway, the negative effects of the unpleasant smells were all counteracted when we smelled, guess what, chocolate. I love chocolate. Everybody does. Oh, I don't know. Anybody really doesn't like chocolate. Uh, So the scientists at the UK concluded that happiness makes you healthier. Duh. (laughs) Right? How much money did they spend on that? I could have told them that. You could have told them that, right? All right. So happiness makes us healthier. University physicians at Kearney Mellon in Pittsburgh, Kearney Mellon in Pittsburgh reported that their study found uh, positive thinking, emotionally happy thoughts, and uh, relaxes an individual, and it's more difficult to infect them with a virus and uh, cold, cold viruses, cold. So, so if you're happy and you're relaxed, it's harder for you to get sick. That's cool. Chemicals in the brain have a direct impact on immune system function, although modern medicine really doesn't fully understand how this is working. Dr. Sheldon Cohen lead researcher of a study concluded that emotions are a powerful ally for our health and positive emotions offer us greater resistance to fighting disease, especially the common cold. Um, So their uh, research appeared in the Journal of uh, Psychosomatic Medicine, if you want to check that out, 2003. Um, So the next time, you know, you know, well, I guess go see fun movies, upbeat movies, watch things that make you laugh, uh, especially during the cold and winter months, and, you know, keep keep your mood elevated, protect you from getting sick. All right, so here's some things for happiness. Elevate your immune system, your wellness. Uh, psychologists and researchers at Stanford put together a list of 10 strategies to generate happiness and better health. Uh, one is you want to savor every everyday moments. You want to take time to smell the roses, in other words. Um, take in a sunset, you know, or a nice walk through the woods, whatever floats your boat there. Uh, They say avoid comparisons. Uh, Forget about keeping up with the Joneses. Focus on your own personal achievements and what what satisfies you, you know. Also, they say don't make money, you know, your priority, your God, if you will. Uh, Money's just a tool. 
uh, don't worship it. Um, evidence suggests you, if you avoid that, uh, you avoid a lot of bad emotions and illness, such as depression, bitterness, and regret. Mm-hmm. Money, root of all evil. Remember that? Also, developing mean, meaningful goals goes a long way. Research suggests that individuals who have strong dreams and aspirations, you know, they have a vision of where they're going, uh, they have a strive, a drive, they're happier, helps them to stay healthy. They have a sense of thriving, according to the research. So whatever your goal is, you know, whatever you're passionate about, and whatever you enjoy, uh, that's what you focus on there. They say work's important. Uh, you should have a good, healthy initiative for work um, and, uh, you know, good work ethic. Uh, but remember, keep things in perspective. Uh, and so um, don't, don't sweat the small stuff and things you can't control, in other words. Also, they say make friends and treasure your family. Uh, family is everything. Happy people have supportive, caring relationships. And also they say smile more. It releases more brain endorphins, and it will lift your mood. Uh, you're more approachable when you smile, and people are drawn to those who wear a smile. A very optimistic, positive thinkers smile more. Mm-hmm. Also, they say, uh, say thank you and mean it. Uh, grateful people, according to research, are happier people. They are also more optimistic, and they have higher success rates at achieving their goals and less likely to suffer depression. Yeah. There you go. Um, now, exercise, interestingly, is on the list. A study at Duke University said, you know, exercise is more effective than antidepressants. So regular exercise offers us a sense of accomplishment. Um, it rela- the endorphins kick in. Uh, you know, if you're mad about something, go exercise. You'll forget what you're mad about, you know. Um, you'll have better social interactions. Um, it'll lift your mood, of course, and it boosts not only your self-esteem, but your immune system as well. Also, they say be generous. You know, give of yourself to others. Uh, it really does do a lot for you uh, health-wise. Um, help a neighbor, volunteer, donate goods, creates a, this uplifting feeling in the brain and uh, gives you a health value. Other things that also uplift uh, you this way are things like forgiveness, mentoring, and sponsorship. Uh, so being generous generates greater happiness, um, and it benefits somebody. You know, you, you impact somebody in a positive way. How can you not feel good about that? Uh, you have value. You know, that's how you know, it pays it back to you if you have value. And lastly, they say pray. Um, you know, a pray. Um, I'm adding this one in because uh, scientists, they don't understand why people who pray are healthier and they get better faster. So, you know, that connection with the Lord, God, the Creator, uh, constant contact means you have a relationship, see. Uh, yeah, so you gotta, you have to have a constant contact. So every day, you know, check in, um, have a little conversation, a meaningful one. Um, find out what the Lord uh, uh, thinks is important, and then make that part of your goal, you know. That's, that's how it should work. So mind over matter, basically. And no doubt our brain can influence our overall health, even if science really isn't connecting all the dots and all the chemicals and all the neurons and all the molecules. They just don't know why a lot of it works, but it does. So when it comes to improving your health, you know, don't underestimate your abilities, your faith, your personal relationships with God. And, you know, uh, God's good herbs. You know, he can help you over the rough spots. Uh, other things that we can do to make sure that we have healthy 
Healthy uh, is the lifestyle. Get that in check. Um, do some system cleansing once in a while. Remove those toxins that can build up. Um, you know, in biblical times, they would fast. But, of course, they didn't have the toxicity we have today. Uh, that was a cleanse in itself. So um, cleansing is an important part of health. If you're interested in learning how you can cleanse the liver, the prostate, urinary tract, kidneys, um, you know, blood system, check out the experts in organ cleansing. That would be Apothecary Herbs. Uh, they have a website, thepowerherbs.com, or give them a call. Ask for a free product catalog, which their catalogs came in this week. They ran out, so they got new ones. Uh, so 866-229-3663, So and if you want to you know, stock up on immune-boosting products for the flu season, uh, they got pandemic kits, power herb kits. Um, they got just about everything. Uh, and you can save 20% through the 1st of November. They have a, a special, their coupon specials on their websites on the homepage. You just plug the coupon BOO15 into the shopping cart or use it over the phone or on your order form if you're mailing in an order. And you can save 20% on orders over $50, but you can't use that coupon with other discounts. So stock up and save. All right, we got a few minutes, so we're going to be talking about some viruses. Oh, viruses. I, 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 think, I think I loathe viruses more than I loathe bacterial infections. I really do. I can tell when I have a virus. And, you know, eventually when you're in tune with your body and you're, and you're listening to it uh, as far as, you know, how it reacts to things, uh, you can actually tell over time, you know, yeah, this is virus. Then you know what herbs to use for that. I have, I have grown children that know. They'll just go to the herb cabinet and they'll pull out they know what to use so you can get that good too you know you'll just know um so we're going to talk about viruses a lot of people will you know go get vitamin c and airborne and all that stuff for over-the-counter stuff for the flu season and they say it helps them feel better a lot of that vitamin c is though made in china like i think it's 98 percent of the vitamin c is made in china so know that now the most popular over-the-counter uh, for symptom reliever is the aspirin products. Uh, any aspirin brand will, you know, people use acetaminophen, ibuprofen, um, or straight-up aspirin, which is ace salicylic acid, uh, to help them, you know, find relief of cold and flu symptoms. But what actually happens when you use these products? Um, well, you will increase nasal symptoms while you suppress your immune system, because that's what they do. So um, you're going to continue um, to get symptoms um, because you're not outsmarting those bugs at all when you use those, those products over the counter. Now, viruses will make you hot. They'll turn up the fever. Uh, viruses will make your body temperature go up within a short time. That's the difference is, you know, it'll spike right away. That's how you, one of the things you know it's a virus. In just 30 minutes, let's say, you can go from a little sinus drip to a full-blown rhinovirus with chills. And your immune system is smarter than you are. It knows that the fastest way to get rid of that virus is to burn it out with a fever. So viruses like a colder body temperature. So in order to seize control of the metabolism within your cells to reproduce it, it likes to, um, it likes cooler, it doesn't like the fever. So that's why the body turns up the temp. Hot temperatures prevent your virus from multiplying. 
So there is a very safe way to allow your immune system to cremate these little viral bugs and get over the virus quickly. You keep drinking fluids, but you don't suppress the fever with aspirin or acetaminophen or ibuprofen. It just Because if you do that, you'll just extend the length of your illness. So just keep drinking fluids. Um, and this is what herbalists call keeping the fever wet. So drink fluids, prevents the dehydration, helps to flush away the viral debris, um, and you can um, permit the fever to rise, and you can make yourself feel more comfortable by taking some hydrotherapy, a little, some baths during the day here and there. Um, also, if you want to take a little willow bark and meadowsweet, that'll help a little take the edge off any aches that you may have, but it won't suppress the immune system. So uh, any aspirin or any of those cold remedies to lower your fever, you'll feel a little more comfortable but it will make you sicker longer because it, it kind of cuts your immune system off at the knees, okay? Uh, people who know about vitamin power will also use some natural sources to help their immune system shorten their duration of illness. So, for instance, your food and your herb sources that have natural vitamin C accelerate the immune system's ability to make white killer T cells or macrophages to eradicate the infection. Vitamins will help the immune system make antivirus interferon and enhance your hormone function to make more antibodies. So if you're faced with life-threatening diseases, pumping in some organic vitamins will be invaluable to your system. So uh, a country physician, Dr. Frederick Klenner, he reports that in the 1990s, he has used vitamin C to address poisonous snake bites, polio meningitis, and burns. Dr. Klenner kind of scoffed at the notion that megadoses of vitamin C were useless against disease, even, and it could even be toxic. He says that acute illness calls for large doses of vitamin C. However, what you don't want to do is use inorganic sources of vitamins. So in a Danish report, inorganic vitamin C will interfere with your selenium. So if that occurs, you will have an antioxidant problem and it can cause cellular damage to promote free radicals and further. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.